It's a new day. Yes, it is. Wakey, wakey. Time to get up. Good morning, citizens. Up and at them. Fresh and shine. This is your wake-up call, people. Come on. The coffee's on. We're going to get you guys circulating on Christian radio. I understand young people. I know what's hip. I know what's on. I know what's lit. I know what's fleet. I'm a nerd, and uh, I'm pretty proud of it. Rise and shine, nerds. You're tuned in to the Back Row Morning Show, proudly a part of the Love Thy Nerd Podcast Network. I'm Radio Matt. And I'm Mo. We're caffeine-fueled and ready to talk your ears off. This week on the show, we're going to take a deep look at NFTs, why they are both pointless and also extremely important. But we got plenty of fun stuff before we dive deeper into that. And let's start by celebrating our holidays. Monday, August 29th, is National Lemon Juice Day. I have mixed feelings about lemon juice. Okay. I bet I can I bet I can guess what those mi- mixed it. feelings are. Okay. So, you know that lemon juice is necessary for things that require lemon flavoring, which you like. You like lemon flavored things. Mm-hmm. But lemon juice in and of itself, you are not a fan. Nope. Oh, never mind. I enjoy <laughs> straight lemon juice. Oh, okay. As well. I am not a fan of the fact that it's also like nature's cleaning solution. Okay, yeah. And that makes me weirded out about what it's doing to the inside of my body. That is fair. (laughs) It's just cleaning out the inside of your body. It's just cleansing it from all of the impurities, all the other junk that you put into it. It's not like, it's not a harsh cleaning toxin. Right, it's not. The problem is somebody when I was younger said the phrase, lemon juice is like nature's bleach, which it's not. It's not harsh like bleach. But because they said that, it's been in my mind my whole life. That you're drinking bleach or (laughs) eating bleach? This is nature's bleach. Yeah. What is it doing to me? That's fair. Um, You may want to like put that person on your inventory list. (laughs) See about making some amends because they... They (laughs) They messed me up. They messed me up. No, they didn't. I still (laughs) have lemon juice all the time. (laughs) It's also National Sports Day. All of them. Mm. All the sports. Mm. From A to Z. Go. List it. Uh, alligator wrestling. Bowling. <laughs> Catwalk. I'm out of sports. Cat, catwalk? <laughs> what That's what? Croquet. 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 There you go. There you go. Uh, um, you got to think of the Olympics. Now I'm just picturing Duh. naked people. <laughs> From our discussion before. Oh, oh. The first Olympics. Olympics. What Olympics are you watching? Look, I had to go through all eight seasons of our show and pull out clips. And that was one of the clips. And that's one of the best ones. (laughs) (laughs) We just go off on a tangent of what what each sport would have been like naked. (laughs) Yep. There are some that you would not want to compete in. Oh, AFL. I forget that that's a thing because we don't really mention it. We just call it all the NFL. Oh. Even though half of it's the AFL. Mm-hmm. Isn't that weird? Why do we do that? I don't know. Because we're weird. I have no idea. XFL. Yard. Darts. No, it's a lawn darts thing. 
zebra bowling. I don't know. Oh, my word. I don't know any sports. All I know is alligator wrestling. Go Seahawks. <laughs> it's not the Seahawks you're thinking you of. You are Mo. disappointing me so much. It's so a completely much. different First Seahawks. thing on a Monday morning, I am feeling disappointed. This is, <laughs> this is the Tampa Bay Seahawks in Alligator Wrestling. All right, zip it. <laughs> Dodgeball. Thanks, Gabigan. That's a good one. <laughs> I'm trying to move on. Tuesday, August 30th is International Whale Shark Day. <laughs> Good grief. Uh, is a whale a whale or is a whale shark a whale or a shark? What is it? I don't know. Ooh, I genuinely dun, dun, don't know. Dun. I bet you'll know by the end of the week. <laughs> uh, it's also National Toasted Marshmallow Day. Mm. The only way to eat a marshmallow is toasted. Mm-hmm. I like my marshmallows like I like my witches. <laughs> Burnt not a Burnt steak. Burnt not a steak. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> I do like set them on fire and then just let it go until it's burned out. This mellow's on fire. <laughs> Uh, Tad says whale sharks are a shark, and Tristan says whale sharks are whales. So we'll see who's correct. Is <laughs> it Biggin says shark? <laughs> is it Tristan or is it Tad? Oh, we man. shall find out. Wednesday, August thirty first, is Eat Outside Day. I'm fine with that in like the winter, because winters here in New Mexico are warm enough that you could do that. With a coat on, and there's no flies. Summertime, we're summer, covered in summer, flies. Summer and I don't want to do it. Yeah, because we are right next to the beef capital of the world. <laughs> we, have, we have dairies upon dairies, uh, beef manufacturers, uh-huh. two of them just like less than an hour down the road. Yeah. So yeah. you're welcome. <laughs> we are hosting like. of the world's flies for you. Oh, what's really fun is when it rains here or even just it's late at night for some reason, we get all the smell of the dairy cows, Uh which are at least 10 miles away. Just stink pours over the entire town. Like we're on the far north. I'm on the far north end of town Mm -hmm. and I still smell it. Yeah. Plain as day. Yeah. I'm I'm much closer. Right. (laughs) Much closer. Um, I think I actually remember us having a conversation about this day, either last year or the year before, or, you know, at some point since we've been talking about national daily holidays, Mm -hmm. because we have said this exact conversation. I am not eating outside today because there are flies. Right. Give me like two months (laughs) and I'll eat outside. But no, mm -mm. Uh, it's also national Dan day. We don't have any Dans in our... I don't know of any Dans. Well, my pop was a Dan. Oh, okay. Yep, Dan Sheets. Dan Sheets? Sheets. Uh Uh-huh, Dan Sheets. Do you know when he and my Nana found out that they were pregnant with my mom, he wanted to name her Satin? (laughs) (laughs) 
do the next holiday. <laughs> the next holiday. <laughs> next holiday for today is National Trail Mix Day. Like. We've also talked about this one in the past. Do you remember, though, when that mountain trail mix, which is now the most popular trail mix. With the M&Ms? Yeah. Yeah. Became a thing. I do. Because it. I mean, I'm when sure when we were it, younger children, it was not a thing. Right, it wasn't like a thing that you could buy. Right. I'm sure it existed, and people were making yeah. it. Right, but like just one day, suddenly planters had a uh huh a trail a mix with trail M&Ms. mix bag with M and M's in it. I'm like, this is amazing. What the heck? <laughs> How come I've never had this? Yeah, that's what that would be like my go to thing in uh, in high school. Like if I was gonna, I think it was like every Monday. Every Monday, I would go buy. One of those resealable bags of Mountain Trail Mix uh-huh. and like a liter bottle of Code Red Mountain Dew. And that's what I would have as I watched Monday Night Wrestling. It was a tradition for at least a solid year. And that was the year that I made Daedra watch wrestling with me. First thing on a Wednesday morning and you are disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so disappointed in your life choices. Thursday, September 1st is... Hey, it's September 1st! Rabbit, rabbit! Woohoo! It's American Chess Day. Chess. 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 <laughs> As in the game. I Don't like chess. go looking or touching anybody's chest, okay? <laughs> Keep your hands and your eyes to yourself. Well, now I really want to make a lot of inappropriate chess jokes that will also work for chess day. Uh... Once you touch a piece, you have to move it. (laughs) You can't move a piece of my chest anywhere. Good grief. It's not Legos. This one only moves diagonally. (laughs) I feel sorry for your wife. I really do. And you should. Oh, man. Baby deer, Matt. Baby deer. Not going to go any further. It's also National Acne Positivity Day. I don't understand this day. (laughs) I really don't. You know, it's just trying to encourage the teenagers of the world. That's all it is. Why do we, like, it's not like it, it's not a disability. It's not a disability. I mean, I know some, some people have it more than others, but it's not like we have to celebrate it, right? It is a process of your body expelling some sort of toxin yeah why be positive i mean yeah hurry what do we do go up to somebody with a zit and just go hey good job good job you got it you figured it out good job resisting the temptation to pop that thing good job I've been disappointing you every day this week, haven't I? You really have. <coughs> uh, and lastly, it is World Letter Writing Day. World We've talked about this writing. one before. How it's just, it's uh, such a lost art. Writing a letter. Writing a letter. Yeah, we have talked about that one. And uh, the fact that I think every single time I'm like, I'm going to write more letters. Right, and then we don't. And then 365 <laughs> days go by, and we come back to the, the day again, and I'm like, yep. I struggled to write two sentences on a birthday card for my wife this week. I'm like, 
Well, card says what I mostly wanted to say. Happy birthday. <laughs> period. Love you, period. <laughs> I'm obviously joking. Not really. I'm not joking. That was pretty much how it went. <sighs> My silence does not you? mean that I approve <laughs> or understand or agree with the things that he says. My silence means I am entirely disappointed <laughs> and wondering why I chose to come here today. KY is reminding me. I did write a very beautiful Facebook post, which mm -hmm. I pretty much only write Facebook posts like that for my wife. So there was a time where you used to also share that for me, but then this birthday comes along and like nobody does any sort of actual Facebook post Look, for my birthday. I'm still Mo, bitter. Mo. Almost people people two are burned later. out on your birthday. You have made your birthday such a big deal for years, for the 10 years you've been here. And all of your friends have made a big deal about it for 10 years. That's false. <laughs> That's false. <laughs> We're burned out. Eight years. I'm sorry. Eight at years. most. Because I didn't last year and I didn't this past year. Okay? <sighs> so eight years at most. Get it together. And my first year here, we weren't friends. So you only... <laughs> I, I owe you a back birthday I, I would bet that you have only made a big deal about my uh, birthday for maybe five out of the ten years. Get it together, Matthew. <laughs> Good grief. If acne can have its own day, then I can have a day. Trombone Dalek says, Acne Positivity Day actually makes sense to me because I know it is a common case or cause of insecurity for many ages, not just teenagers. It's frequently misunderstood as to what causes why make expensive treatments don't work and make it worse. I mean, yeah, I get that, I guess. It's just like... It's it's presenting it like it's a, you know, like we're celebrating like a disability kind of thing, which, mm -hmm. you know. Or an incurable disease. Yeah, which, you know, those I understand because those are things that, you know, you can't change or those are things that, you know, in the end aren't really, I don't even know how to put it. It's It's more about like it's acceptance. It's a vanity of, thing yeah, yeah. than a, an actual... Um, I don't want to say health thing because there is a health aspect. Right. To you, it, but, but you know what I mean? It's yeah. just, it, this is, this is a, it's, it's, it's just a, a gross thing your body does. Like we're not, we're not, I don't think we should shame people that have acne. I get a pimple every now and then. I had a lot when I was in high school, but like, I never thought this is my identity. This you know, is who I this am. is like celebrating. This is part of your identity. There is chronic acne, sure, but that's not what the the description for this holiday mentioned at all. It's just like, yay, pimples. <laughs> Again, if you want to, sure. <laughs> it's not the, okay, well, I said, it's not the end of the wor world. You're not alone. That's just, that's the card. Uh -huh. That's the card. She for also acne says, day. celebrate it by <clears throat> helping with it. Here's the thing. No. What? <laughs> I refuse. I refuse because I'm not popping your pimples. I have. Well, yeah, I have two teenagers and a preteen, all of which are dealing with with acne and all of which I 
I don't say this to like point fingers at myself, but listen, I'm 37 and I have kind of learned what works for our skin. Okay. My kids have my skin type. And so I'm kind of tired of being like, without saying it in these exact words, because I realize it makes me sound like a total jerk, but being like, look at your mother. Do I have acne? No. Do I have good skin? Yes. So do what I do. Listen to what I'm telling you. And then just getting a massive eye roll and like, you don't understand. You're right. I don't. I have no idea. No idea. None. Oh, man. All right. Mo. Matt. School has started. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. How's it going? Um, yeah, I mm. <laughs> not well. <laughs> that good, huh? So we our first two weeks, our first <clears throat> week was a Thursday and a Friday. And then our second week, right? Our first week was a Thursday and a Friday, and then our second week it was a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Right. So within the first two weeks, you had one week. We had five <laughs> days, and then the third week is when the kindergartners started because those first two weeks it was just first through fifth, which made for a really exhausting day. Yeah. Because right after lunch, I had an hour where there was nothing. I had nothing. That was when my kindergartners are supposed to be there. And so I had this whole hour where I'm just kind of sitting around like, what am I supposed to do? I'm confused by your phrasing. What do you mean? You said it was exhausting because I had a whole yeah, hour where listen, I did nothing. Exactly. <laughs> that is more exhausting than doing something. Just sitting there like, <clears throat> because it's then that I realized you stay on top of things way too much. Like you need to be a little bit more of a procrastinator oh. and just allow things to pile up so that on these days where you have nothing, you are, you have something. So you were like having like a anxious moment that whole hour and that was exhausting. I wouldn't call it anxious. Not anxious. Uh, I don't know what the word is, but just sitting idle for me makes me tired. Not doing anything. Just, just being, hmm. Makes me tired. I get energy by, by doing. Uh-huh. Okay, okay, okay. So, yeah. <laughs> Drumbone Dalek, having an hour of doing nothing means you spend an hour freaking out about all the things to do, but not actually doing any of them. <laughs> no, I spent that hour freaking out about all the things that I already did and freaked out about that I wasn't going to have enough time, but did them, and now I have nothing to do. <laughs> It really is a problem. Okay, the grass isn't always <laughs> greener. Um, so those that first five days was exhausting in the fact that I just didn't. I I felt kind of meh for five days. <laughs> I love that go again. Um, but this past week, OMG, our kindergarten started. And this group of kindergartners is like none other. None. <laughs> Queen of noises today. <laughs> so with kindergartners, typically their first week of school, they come in and they're a little bit timid and mm -hmm. they're shy mm -hmm. and they're scared, which honestly, it 
that's a good thing because you're able to love on them and build a relationship with them and kind of prove to them that you are someone who they can depend on and they can find comfort in while also enforcing rules and procedures and really teaching them how school works because at that point they're receptive to it. No, no. Monday morning when the kindergartners walk in, they all walk in guns blazing, ready to tear the place down, like bouncing off of walls, screaming. I walked a group of kindergartners into my library and told them, all right, boys and girls, go find a seat around the rug and we're going to read a story together. I'm watching as these 25 kids pile into my library. And the second that I turn and put my attention on the children in the library, do you know what I see? 25 children who have pulled books off of the shelves and everything off of the top of my shelves and are running in circles around the tables. I lost my mind. I legit lost my mind. Boys and girls, what were your instructions? And they all just looked at me and go, what? (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be the worst year ever. So was that more tiring or less tiring than doing that? (laughs) Actually less tiring. Okay. So now we know how to gauge it. Yeah. But still, I had a bigger headache by the end of the day. Oh, gosh. It's been incredibly difficult. Uh, It's been a uh, busy few weeks for me as well here. But uh, I've been getting tired by doing things. Um, (laughs) We've been working on LTNCon a lot. That is less than two months away now. Um, A month and a half away, really, at this point. And... uh, a lot of stuff going into that schedule still being finalized. Um, but that's been fun, but that's all boring work stuff. Let me tell you about the church picnic oh. that I I was in charge of this year because I'm now the church wide event coordinator oh, that's right. here at the church. That's right. mm-hmm. And uh, our trip. So. <clears throat> But our trip, I mean, my mom and I's trip for the funerals and things. So first of all, the picnic went fantastic. We had 70 people there. Like, it was great. Um, and we were playing. One of our, one of our newer um, young adults brought a Frisbee game mm-hmm. where it's like trash cans set up on either side and have little slots in them. And then they're open at the top, too. And your team, you have two teams. And... Uh, one of you is on each side and the way you score points is your teammate throws the Frisbee towards the trash can. And if he can make it in on his own from the top, it's like three points. If he can make it in the slot, the small slot on the side, it's an automatic win for the game. But the majority of the things you're going to be trying to do is you try to deflect the frisbee into the top of the can for one point Mm. so that's your role as the teammate on the other side Mm. slam the thing in there you're not supposed to touch it all that much you're supposed to it's like less than a second in your hands and we were doing so poorly that we kind of waffled on that rule a little bit where we could grab it and throw it but we couldn't like hold on to it you know that's not following the it's rules not but, we, <laughs> but it had been thir- it had been girls. it had been 20 minutes and no one had scored a point yet what were your instructions <laughs> and we're supposed to get to 21 
Um, so anyway, can yeah, can jam something like that. Oriel, hey, what's up? On your phone. I didn't even know you were going to be here this morning. And uh, Frost is here, too. Hi, Frost. I didn't see you there. All right. Um, So my teammate threw the Frisbee, and I I was desperate for a point. And so I made a, like, go for broke attempt. It went to the left too far. And I'm like, I can do this. I'm going to reach... Grab it and fling it over my shoulder behind me and make it. <clears throat> I grab it, turn to throw it over my shoulder. And smacked yourself in the face with no. it. No. Oh. And then had no ability to stop myself and the momentum for continuing to go backward now in the direction I was running. And so I, no, no, no. I. I've learned from this maneuver, from having fallen twice in the past couple years in a similar manner. And so I literally rolled with it. I'm like, I'm falling. Let's do this. Let's and I tucked into a circle, did a backward somersault over my neck, and landed on my feet. For those of you who've never seen the Twitch show or seen a picture of me, I'm a big man. Big round man, and I used that to my advantage. At 36 years old, you became a ball. I became a ball and landed on my feet and then walked out, focusing more on missing the shot than anything else. Nobody was videoing it. Nobody was videoing it. I'm so mad. It was such a, it was the coolest move I've done as an adult. I didn't like. I, I feel like I pulled a little bit of a muscle, but like it didn't hurt the next day or anything. Like this was like I'm didn't hurt my neck, nothing. Did you wake up like I'm an athlete. I, I, I do this every every, every now every <laughs> now and then. Every now and then, one of those situations happens where I'm like, maybe I'm not in bad a shape as I think I am. I mean, I really am, but it was really cool. Uh, flipping gears entirely, we went on uh, that trip. I took my mom to Oklahoma City for. Her uh, sister's funeral, mm-hmm. which, you know, her sister actually passed away several months ago, or almost a year ago, I think, at this point. Uh, and then we've had my grandmother's urn for like two years because she died during like the height of COVID. And we needed to take her urn to the grave of my grandfather and have it buried alongside him. Mm-hmm. So we had those two things and that was in uh, Fort Worth. <clears throat> and so we're on this trip and w- it is it's a miserable trip. But it gets more miserable <laughs> because we get to the funeral which we think is just going to be a quick normal. You know, when you're a, a Baptist or, you know, just even just a general person, you go to a funeral, it's a quick service. It's a 30 minute thing. You go and you have a meal sometimes and then you're done. There's occasionally where it's a longer thing, but even then it's like people telling stories and, you know, it's a, that kind of memorial service. But we get there and find out this isn't a funeral. It's a funeral mass. So it is a 90-minute-long Catholic church service with the chanting 
the standing and kneeling. The standing, the sitting, kneeling, 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 sitting, standing, the Catholic sitting, calisthenics. Kneeling. Yeah. <laughs> and very little of it is actually focused on my aunt. It's mostly just a church service. Uh, and it, it did have communion. And the, the Catholic way people do communion is you all get in a line and they give you the wafer and then you all take a sip out of the same chalice. Um, we were not allowed to do that. They had a very specific note in there saying, even if you're a Christian, but not a Catholic, we will not allow you to partake in communion. So my mom was happy about that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it was like 90 minutes long. Um, you know, I, I grew up Catholic, so I apologize if this sounds anti-Catholic. It's not really anti-Catholic. I grew up going to a Catholic church, six years at a Catholic church, where we had mass every single morning. Mm. Not once a Wednesday like most Catholic schools do. Every morning plus Sunday. That's six masses a week for six years of my life. I've been to more Catholic church services in those six years than most Catholics go to in their whole lives. So... That put into perspective, it was long. Then we go and have like the little reception meal thing. And this is where we actually do the memorial service, where we have everybody get up and share their stories and do the long. So it's another funeral service that is another 90 minutes long. And then directly after that, we go to the internment of the ashes at the mm -hmm, mm -hmm. graves, you know, grave uh, cemetery, cemetery. Grave and that site would have been correct. Yeah. Also, but. And that takes another hour and 10 minutes. It is four, four, about five with like the traveling across town to the cemetery and all that. About five hours of funeral. A full day. Yeah. A full day. Just, it was so much funeral <laughs> and it was 110 degrees. You were funeraled out. <laughs> it, was, it was so awful. Yeah. The service was great. I mean, of course, the memorial stories and all that kind of stuff. That was all good, but it was a lot. A normal funeral, one single normal 90-minute funeral service would have been plenty for anybody. Doing it for five hours, a bit much. Uh, that's how I want my <laughs> funeral done. <laughs> Three separate funerals back to back. Not going to have to celebrate my birthday anymore, so let's just... <laughs> let's do it. A funeral month. There we go. Yep. You just need to, whatever age I die at, subtract that from like, let's say 95. Because 95 is what I would really like to live to. Anything past that, that's, that's the cherry on top. But if I don't make it to 95, then subtract whatever age I died from 95, and those that total is the amount of days that need to be spent wow. funeraling okay. over me. Funeraling. <laughs> I am only kidding. <laughs> but man, that would be funny. Yep. Uh, so the driving was my favorite part, because I love driving. And so that was good. We had six hours to Oklahoma, three hours to Fort Worth, six hours back, all the course of one weekend. I like that. I like the driving part. Yeah. Especially when my mother was asleep. Uh, <laughs> she talks a lot. <laughs> she knows she talks a lot. She doesn't, she's uncomfortable with silences, you know, one of those people. So if I'm not talking, she's going to talk about anything, anything 
and usually there's not a lot for her to talk about. So it's the same things, the same many things over and over again, which is a blast. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it, gonna, was a, it was a it was a clip that part. <laughs> And I'm going to send it to you. Oh, I, I tell her this to her face. <laughs> <laughs> I told her on the trip as it was happening. I'm like, Mom, we've talked about this seven times in the past three days. Let's just, let's just listen to the radio for a minute. <laughs> Rivka says, I know how that feels. My mom never takes a breath between words. Yeah. My mother also has this medication that she continually forgets to get refilled. That when she doesn't take it, it makes her talk more. Like it, it's, it's something that she's taken for so long that it has an effect on her to make her more normal. But when she doesn't have it and her brain starts freaking out and so she'll just like, she won't even notice. I haven't said a word in 30 minutes. She'll think we're having a conversation, but it's really, you know, I'm, I'm doing it right now. This situation where I'm not finishing a sentence and I'm starting another sentence, she'll do that multiple times in a row for an hour, never finish a thought, never finish a story because something reminds her of something else that she wanted to tell me. And that's just normal her. So imagine her on a medication that doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't help her refrain from talking too much. <laughs> it's, it's quite manic. You need to ask your mom what that medication is so that in like 15 years or so, when the time comes, you can let your doctors know, you know, my mom was on this medication and I think it's probably time that I need to be on it as well. Mm, I get all my talking out here. Yeah. Okay. I don't talk during the week. Who says we're going to be doing this in 15 years? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, now it is time for our weird news update. Weird news. That's not your line. Oh. <laughs> I forgot. Yeah, weird news. Uh, here are three real news stories you may not have heard. Uh. Oh, man. All right. An Elon Musk fan wants to prove his Tesla won't run over children by trying to run over a child. I'll continue. Who who offered their <laughs> child up for this? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a well-known phenomenon that Elon Musk fans attack people who criticize their idol online. Uh, many seemingly believing the bombastic billionaire can do no wrong. However, one such fan is going the extra mile <laughs> to try and prove a story. <laughs> to prove a story this week about Tesla cars failing to detect children in the road as wrong. And he's willing to try and run down a child to prove it. Twitter user Omar Kazi, who tweets as Whole Mars Catalog, appears to have taken the Dawn Project's testing as a personal insult and has persuaded a couple, of volunteer, a couple to volunteer their child to prove the EV's full self-driving doesn't or does indeed stop for children. 
In its report, the Dawn Project carried out what is described as scientific tests of the capability of Tesla's full self-driving technology to avoid a stationary mannequin of a small child. The executive summary said it had demonstrated conclusively that the software does not avoid the child or even slow down when the child is in plain view. A Tesla Model 3 equipped with full self-driving software repeatedly struck the child mannequin in a manner that would be fatal to an actual child. The software is a demonstrable danger to human life and must be removed from the market immediately, it concluded. The Don Project, founded uh, by software engineer and Musk critic Dan O'Dowd, shared raw video footage of its test car mowing down the mannequin multiple times. Mowing. <laughs> However, Gazi says the video simply doesn't match the performance of the Tesla that he witnesses every day. He asked his nearly 130,000 followers uh, whether anyone in the Bay Area would volunteer their child to make a point. And he said, I promise I won't run them over. I will disengage if needed, he continued, indicating that he would take control of the car if he felt there was any danger. Uh if it's really true that it doesn't stop for children, that needs to be fixed. But it's not the experience I've had with it. How many children have you almost hit? <laughs> In a follow-up tweet, <laughs> follow tweet, he said, A lot of very stupid people seem to think I'm going to murder someone before sharing nine reasons why the child wouldn't be harmed. That included the test being performed at just five miles per hour and the driver being the father of the child. Uh, 100% of the cars are running this every day. It's an inter uh, it is interacting with millions of pedestrians, including kids, he said. If there's a problem, it needs to be documented immediately. If there isn't, the liars there need to be called out and exposed for trying to kill people for money. <sighs> Okay. Yep. <laughs> I'm just going to say, um, I really believe that the parents need to be charged with child endangerment. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying. Oriel said, wait, what? I only heard that someone is willing to run over a child. I came yeah. in at the wrong time. <laughs> no, you really didn't. You heard... Everything you needed to hear. <laughs> All right. Next story. McDonald's customer calls 911 over cold fries and ends up arrested after police find he's wanted for murder. Bump, bump, bump. <laughs> An upset My McDonald's customer. Story takes a turn. Ring 911 over cold french fries. Uh, in body cam footage obtained by an officer present at the scene, the, uh, the police were seen arriving at the restaurant in Georgia, uh, Kennesaw, Georgia, Georgia, on August 8th before approaching the unhappy customer. The customer was immediately keeping his distance from the officers while asking them if he was under arrest when they asked him to sign a document. The suspect then slowly walked away from the police, telling officers he was scared of them. This then resulted in a chase around the car park of the McDonald's with a police officer equipped with the body cam falling to the ground before eventually catching up to the suspect, who was ultimately tasered and taken into custody. The suspect uh, was actually wanted for missing a court date back in 2018 where he and two others of accused of setting fire to a car that had somebody inside it, mm. which is terrible. <laughs> This is uh, according to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, who saw the incident happened uh, after a botched drug deal led to a gunfight. Goodness gracious. Sims was reportedly asked to leave the McDonald's restaurant and never return after complaining to staff about the cold fries. I'm sure it was more than just, like, complaining. 
to get you kicked out at the restaurant. Apparently, the suspect did not have a receipt, so did not know his order number. Upon receiving his food, Sims was unhappy with the lukewarm fries and started hurling abuse at staff. I was right. Subsequently, the restaurant manager also rang the police alongside Sims. Despite not being seen in the video, uh, the suspect tried to break into a third-story apartment building before he fled. I mean, not for nothing, but, like, if you know you're a wanted person, why why would you call the police over such a dumb thing? I think he might have forgotten. (laughs) (laughs) So when you get too comfortable with a lie, you Uh catch yourself slipping up. Yep. All right. Well, that was kind of a bummer, so let's end on a, a weirder one. You ready? Great. Okay. Pigs can breathe through their buttholes, and so could you, scientists say. (laughs) That's all that farting is. We're just breathing through our (laughs) booty. Booty breathing. Oh, man. So, (laughs) new research suggests that buttholes can also help animals breathe. A team of scholars in Japan has found the pigs can absorb oxygen through the anus in studies exploring treatment for people with respiratory conditions. By pumping oxygen and oxygenated liquid through the, the place into the intestines, the researchers found that they could survive without breathing through their lungs. It's so impressive because we never thought of breathing from the gut, but it's possible. <laughs> but it's possible. Last year, a team of collaborators from Nagoya University Graduate School and Kyoto University's Department of Respiratory Surgery published their study focused on mice. Now they're looking to submit their research on pigs, which is which are closer to humans in physiology and genetic makeup. Uh, the scientists were inspired to explore the unconventional breathing method by loaches, a freshwater fish that can use its intestines to breathe. They found that in extensive uh, hypoxic condi- conditions uh, where there isn't enough oxygen available at the tissue level, the structure of loaches' gut tissues changed to allow for easier breathing. In order to see if mammals would also breathe through their anus in oxygen-deprived conditions, Uh, They tested mice first, and the findings were stunning last year. Uh, Takebe uh, says, I'm always very skeptical about results, but it turns out every time we do the test, we can get reproducible data sets. He practices medicine at Cincinnati Children's Hospital. (laughs) But he's not practicing on children. (laughs) I worry about you sometimes. But no, but this is... Kind of cool because it does have implications for treating patients who have respiratory failure. Eh. Like they can't breathe through their lungs, they can stick a tube <laughs> and just pump air. Yeah, mm-mm. like a balloon. Mm-mm. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, come on, that's not. I mean, if you could do it. If you can do it, if it could save a life, why not? Right? Why not? Uh, the procedure does carry a risk of bleeding and blood clots, but uh... every time you say "but," <laughs> every time, every time, <laughs> as many emergency rooms saw during the early stages of the COVID nineteen pandemic, it's not always possible to get your hands on a ventilator. With this in mind. 
Takebe thought, why not try the back door? <laughs> it, it goes on to list the whole procedure they tried on mice and then pigs. <laughs> That's, mm -mm. Oh, man. <clears throat> so, let's see here. In a 50-kilogram pig, when we provide this size of liquid oxygen to the butt, they can survive 30 minutes even when experiencing lethal respiratory failure conditions. So it's like a promising start. <laughs> what? I'm just reading the comments, that's all. <laughs> what are the comments? <laughs> I just read Brother Mom. Mm-hmm. Dairy air, more like dairy air. <laughs> that should be the name of the the machine that pumps the air up there. That's the dairy air. The dairy air. Ha <laughs> uh -huh. Give a new meeting to telling somebody you've got butt breath. <laughs> Imagine this info during peak COVID. <laughs> Sending out five million butt respirators <laughs> to hospital across the country. You proud of that? <laughs> I like this is so funny. Oh man. So Oriel said, not doing CPR on that area. <laughs> no mouth to butt resuscitation. <laughs> So here's a fun fact. I learned that when oh. doing CPR, they advise you not to do mouth to mouth anymore. You just continue with the compressions. Why is that? Why do you think that is? It's a COVID thing. Oh. Yep. When performing CPR from now on, so no more mouth to mouth. Don't. Just resuscitation or just don't try and save their life because you might give them covid well it said they say that <laughs> studies show that the mouth to mouth doesn't really do doesn't do a whole lot it's okay. the chest compressions that help <laughs> they're still going in the chat dad says the butt jokes crack me up rivka <laughs> says it would all it would all be for posterity's sake <laughs> You're, all right. Um, I can't quite tell just simply because of the way that our conversation has been going this morning mm -hmm. if trombone is being like sincere oh, or definitely. like definitely wisecracking. Sincere. Definitely sincere. Just chest compressions are the most important part. Well, yeah, I know that they are, but the chest compressions are the most important part. I got to agree. The chest is the most important part of the compressions. Uh huh. <laughs> Sincere, she says. Sincere. Okay. Oh, gosh. Uh, so, so they started that several years ago. They realized there's enough oxygen in the blood to keep the brain alive without mouth-to-mouth. -mouth. Okay. But if there's not enough oxygen, we've got a procedure that doesn't involve the mouth. <sighs> the dairy air. <laughs> oh. Now, Mo and I are nerds of several flavors, but we're also nerds for several flavors. 
How are we just supposed to transition into junk food? You can't. You can't. <laughs> <laughs> this is a whole different show now. No, you I can't. know. I know. But that's a sincere question. <laughs> we can restart if we need to. <laughs> COVID safe oxygen. <laughs> I love you guys. Oh, all right. Are, are you good? <laughs> Do I look good? N- no. Exactly. Can you be good? I can try. Good morning, Jane. Fake it till I make it. Uh, fake Let's it go. till you make it. Now, Mo and I are nerds of several flavors, but we're also nerds for several flavors. Here are 15 junk food items recently announced or spotted on shelves and on menus. Oh, snack pack pudding. What was the thing? Hmm? No. What? Well, huh? keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Snack bag pudding. It's come out with four new flavors. Uh, we got fruity pebbles. Fruity pebbles. <laughs> Pardon me. I'm Not allergic to them. Pebbles. Yeah, I misspelled pebbles in the thing. Uh, fruity pebbles uh, are getting into everything these days. They're everywhere. Uh, Starburst all pink, which is I think just strawberry. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ice cream sandwich and Cinnabon. All flavors, new flavors for snack pack pudding. No, thank you. Any of those pique your interest? Fruity Pebbles, kind of, sort of. I feel like ice cream sandwich would still just be like chocolate vanilla, right? Yeah, probably. <laughs> Fruity Pebbles could be all right. Oh. Cocoa Pebbles would be good. It would just be chocolate. Yeah, but there's a distinct flavor of the pebbles. Yeah, it's the leftover wax. (laughs) I hate that about cereals like that. Yeah. Where you can feel like the wax film on the roof of your mouth afterwards. Mm. Yeah. All right, what's next? So Cheetos always comes out with the bag of bones Cheetos around Halloween. Well, this year they're coming out with Cheetos mac and cheese box of bones with noodles shaped like skulls, rib cages, skeleton hands, and femur bones. I mean, I think this is cool. Yeah. This is but, fun. like, whoever comes up with these ideas clearly never had a toddler that you had to tell, stop playing with your food and eat. <laughs> but, I mean, this has been a thing. They've got the unicorn shapes and the SpongeBob shapes and the right. mac and cheese. Absolutely. Yeah. But those, you're not forming together, oh, putting together to build a form skeleton. something. Yeah. Uh-huh. You got a point. You got a point there. Because I would feel like a really cruddy mom, and I know I would have done this with Topher. He would have been the kid, like, sitting there just moving his pieces around on his plate. And, <laughs> Topher, stop playing with your food and eat. But I'm trying to build a skeleton. And then I would feel like a jerk because, like, my genius of a child. <laughs> but he needs to eat. Sour Patch Kids Cherry are back for the first time since their original short run in 2010, exclusively at 7-Eleven. I tried to get a bag on my trip, uh, but every store, even the ones that had like big advertisements for these mm-hmm. on the windows, were all sold out. Of course. So they must be really good. Yeah. I did instead try the Sour Patch Strawberry, and I do not like them. Pillsbury Mini Pie Crusts. These are packs of 14 mini crusts meant to be baked in muffin pans. So okay. about muffin size pies. Yeah. That could be cute. Different hand- flavors. Yeah. Handheld pie. Yeah. A two bite pie. Three bite. Three bite pie probably. Yeah. There we go. One of the best cereal seasons of the year. Monster cereal season has rolled around. You should be seeing Count Chocula, Frankenberry, Boo Berry, and Fruit Brute this year. 
Okay. <clears throat> I love Count Chocula. Probably my second favorite cereal after Christmas Crunch. <laughs> really? Yes, I know Christmas Crunch is just Captain Crunch with different shapes, but there's something about it, okay? They put it's a different. little extra sugar cookie seasoning in it. <laughs> I read that somewhere. <laughs> An elf farts on it and sends it out on his way. Hey, all he did was breathe. <laughs> That's all he did. Coffee Mate Nestle Toll House Brown Butter Chocolate Chip Cookie. Nestle Toll House. Nestle Toll House Brown Butter. Brown Butter Chocolate Chip Cookie. Yeah, okay, that sounds yummy. Yeah. Keebler Fudge Stripes Mario Kart themed Rocky Road cookies. These are almond flavored shortbreads with a marshmallow fudge drizzle. So you got to know for half a second, I was like, why? Why Mario Kart Rocky Road? Oh, because oh, roads. Oh, I did it. Okay. <laughs> why? Pocky's 2022 One Chip Challenge is out. Mo and I will be doing it at the end of this episode. Uh, surprise to her. He's lying. <laughs> I know. Uh, the, the, whole, the whole back row buds group, I think, has made me promise not to do that again, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. did, I did it twice. I only did it once. Actually, I did it three times because I had to do it twice that first year. One for our show and one for... Do you know what two that words. says? That says I am the wiser of the two of us. <laughs> that does not say anything good about you. <laughs> this year's version is made with Carolina Reaper and Scorpion Peppers. And it's also sporting a fun coating of blue dye to dye your tongue blue. Fun. For some reason. Hey, why not? And likely anything you leave in the toilet will be blue too. I'm sure. Skittles Shriekers are back for the Halloween. Halloween. Halloween's Halloween. Cougar Town's Halloween special. Uh, the flavors <laughs> include ghoulish green apple, rattled raspberry, citrus scream, spine tingling tangerine, and shocking lime. Some of the Skittles are normal and some are very sour, regardless of flavor. Um, I like this iteration better than I think it was like zombie Skittles they did a few years ago where random Skittles in there tasted it was it was like bean boozled like it tasted awful it tasted there was zombie you know rotten flesh or whatever flavored Skittles that you didn't know were coming lovely you, know, you can't just do that in a random bag of Skittles yeah Right? Right. right. Uh, new spicy mustard and returning classic ketchup Doritos are now available on snacks.com. So if you're a fan of condiment flavored chips, there you go. Spicy mustard Doritos might be good. Mm. Maybe. I don't like anything that's ketchup flavored. Like, no. Mm -mm. Ketchup. I've... I've I used to really love ketchup, and I've really kind of grown out of ketchup mm -hmm. as an adult. Mm -hmm. Occasionally, I'll have it with French fries, but I think typically only like at Chick-fil-A, mm. and pretty much no other time. That's fair. No other time. I am not a ketchup person. 
<clears throat> Pardon me. Uh, new Coca-Cola Dream World launched in stores last week in the U.S. and Canada. This is the last Coca-Cola Creations flavor for 2022. According to Coca-Cola, the flavor has technicolor tastes and surrealism of the subconscious with an innovation to savor the magic of everyday moments and dream with your open eyes. It also adds playfully vibrant flavor notes that evoke the boundless creativity of the human imagination to the unmistakable tastes of Coca-Cola. Reviewers say it's got a bit of peach and mango flavor in there with some vanilla. Didn't taste any peach or mango. It was not good. No? So you tried this one? It was super sweet. I have a can of the marshmallow branded one, the previous, previous one. That's supposed to taste like watermelon and strawberry or something and not marshmallow, which is weird. Uh, but I haven't tried it yet. It so far, like so far, the only one that we've both liked has been the the, the space one, right? Mm-hmm. Starlight one that's Starlight, actually like yeah. s'mores flavor. And that was delicious. It it's pretty good. That was <clears throat> amazing. I've had a few more of them since then. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Coming in September, Goldfish Duncan... Pumpkin, spice, <laughs> graham fish. Dunkin' pumpkin. So pumpkin spice from Dunkin' Donuts, grams, goldfish. Could be good. A good little pumpkin spice graham goldfish. Why? Why? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> they make those graham cracker goldfish in a few different flavors. Why not have a pumpkin spice one? And why not it be branded with Dunkin'? Because it hurts my head. <laughs> Dunkin' Pumpkin. Wendy's is taking a shot at a classic BK breakfast staple, French toast sticks with maple syrup to dip them in. Early reviews say they're miles beyond BK's French toast sticks. And that used to be like my favorite thing BK did for breakfast. French, French toast, toast sticks? sticks. Yeah. yeah. Those were a good like quick breakfast. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see here. Tostitos Hardy Dippers are coming out, and they look exactly like Fritos Scoops, and I imagine they must taste a lot like Fritos Scoops, because they're both made out of corn. I don't understand why we need them. Is it? Oh, no, never mind. Nope. Mm -mm. Nope. (laughs) And lastly, Little Caesars Old World Fanceroni Pepperoni Pizzas are still available. Classic Little Caesars pizzas, but topped with over a hundred old world pepperonis. Those are the pepperonis that cup up word when they're baked. Oh, okay. Okay. So there's like a little slight little cup of oil on the inside. Delightful pepperoni grease. It's really good stuff. I have tried this pizza. It's really not. The pizza is probably the best pepperoni pizza Little Caesars makes. It's still a Little Caesars pizza. But it's darn good. I love Little Caesars pizza. I really do. I really only, it's a phenomenon with me that I only like it if I didn't pay for it. If I didn't pay for it, it tastes like the best pizza in the world. If I bought it, I'm always disappointed with it. Almost always. I don't know why. That has nothing to do with the pizza. That is all in your head. I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. But I just, it doesn't, it's the same, it, it, the, the results are repeatable every time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whatever. <laughs> uh, I think it's time for a game. For this game, we will each take I a turn. Even, I haven't even named the game. You're jumping ahead of me here. Oh, sorry. 
What game, Mo? What mm. game are we playing? <laughs> it's rapid fire. I'm just trying to get into the mindset. That's all. For this game, we will each take a turn. And because I won the game last... Oh, I'm sorry. Did I jump ahead? You have to name three specific things, such as name three words that start with Z. Each mm. of these we can complete before the... Each of these we complete before the timer runs out gives us a point. We're able to skip. However, skipping cuts a few seconds off of our time, and we're not able to skip twice in a row. And because I won the game last week, that means... No, what? I didn't, what, what does this say? This? I didn't even take... This, this is an old script part. No, that's not... Because <sighs> you won the game last week, today you get to challenge me for the title belt. No, I have the title belt. No, you don't. <laughs> You're dreaming. I won the title belt. We all uh, know so Mo, you have never Mo held the starting, title belt. <laughs> Mo is starting her quest to regain the title belt. So if she beats me in this game today, she gets to challenge me in it again next time for the title. Gotta beat him. Gotta beat him. Would you like to go first? Gotta beat him. Gotta beat him. Gotta beat him. Gotta beat him. Nope. You're gonna. <sighs> I. You're going first. You're gonna. I'm it. Shut up. Um. There it is. Okay. Ready? Yeah. I have to do a new game. Uh, hey, we're already in there. It says number of rounds, three. Uh, I think that, I don't think we pay attention to that because okay. we just do one, one round. Okay. Play game. Uh, there's an ad. Close. <sighs> Team Mo will answer first. No. <laughs> Ready? Yes. Go. Name three toys that were popular when you were young. Slinkies, Rubik's Cubes, Pogs. Name three talk shows. Uh, the Oprah Winfrey Show, The Ellen DeGeneres Show, uh, Late Night with Conan O'Brien. Name three four-legged animals. Uh, dog, cat, mouse. Name three brands of jeans. Uh, Levi's, uh, 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 <laughs> Jinko, <laughs> and uh, Guess. Name three pieces of exercise equipment. Um, exercise ball, resistance bands, weights. Name three things you take on a road trip. Um, beef jerky, um, cell phone chargers, and um, monster energy drink. <laughs> Name three appetizers. Uh, mozzarella sticks, potato skins, onion rings. Name three areas of the body with hair. Uh, head, chest, armpits. <laughs> Name three baseball teams. Uh, the Astros, the Orioles. All right, you got eight. And the White Sox. You got eight. <clears throat> All right. <clears throat> Not bad. Yours were difficult, and so I'm, now I'm really kind of freaking out. <laughs> but you've gotten to ten before, I think. So I'm not happy with that. Are you ready? I'm sweating. I'm hot. I'm sweating. All right. Let's put it on you here. <clears throat> You're sitting really close to the camera now. Whoa. <laughs> Good back. morning. Let's go back just a little. There we go. Mm. All right. You're <laughs> Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Thus. Thus. Hubble. Precious. All right. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Start. Name three four-letter words. Appropriate ones. Shot. <laughs> bank. <laughs> I can't think of one that's not inappropriate. <laughs> Arms. 
<laughs> Name three words that rhyme with prank. Stank. <laughs> Shank. Hank. Name three things found in a school. You work at one of these. Pencils, paper, students. <laughs> Name three birds. Uh, Oriole, uh, Jay, and Blue Jay, and an eagle. Oh my god. Name three gas stations. Shell, Chevron, um, Allsup's. Name three grocery stores. Albertsons, Food Lion, Winn Dixie. Name three words that end with an N. Finn. Shin, bin. Name three coins. A penny, a nickel, a quarter. I don't know if you got the quarter in in time. I totally did. I, to I was saying it. I was saying it. I was saying it. How many did I get? You got officially seven. That would have been eight. Oh, I totally I'm willing to give you the eight, but that's still a tie, and that means you didn't win. <laughs> you were panicking over there. <laughs> I wanted to be known that, like, over half of my questions, I lost it on and I still, still I still got as got many as, me. as yes. many as you it's very impressive <laughs> <laughs> but as with everything it's the winning that counts Good Biggin says Ty goes to yeah. the runner hey, well, uh, the same baseball let's go downstairs and see who's the runner <laughs> <laughs> we go by wrestling rules because it's a wrestling belt and this is called champion's advantage so, so sorry. It's the only way you can keep the belt, guys. That was a really good mocking voice. That's the best one you've ever done. I like that. Oh, man. Keep it up. I got two belts. Nothing you can do about it. Maddie Two Belts still in charge of both shows. Take that. Uh, all right, you got your facts there, Mo. I don't like you, Mosif. I don't like you. <clears throat> you are not my friend. I can't think of any four-letter words that aren't <laughs> inappropriate. <laughs> I really couldn't. <laughs> Shots. <laughs> yep. Yep. <clears throat> oh gosh. That and I'm funny. not a cusser. Like that makes no sense. It's all because you Because I said appropriate words. Yes. <laughs> now that made so you then think. my mind immediately went to all the inappropriate words and I'm like, there's so many. <laughs> I can't not think of them. <laughs> Trombone Dalek says four was in the prompt and it's a four letter word. <laughs> oh, gosh, that's funny. It's easier on that side, okay? Fork. Whatever. Y'all can all sit right there and point <laughs> fingers and say, why didn't you do this one? It's easier over there. <laughs> Armchair quarterbacking. Haters gonna hate. 
I'm the one with the microphone. Welcome to The Lightning Round, brought to you by Moviga. I'm Steven with your weekly source for all things movies, video games, and more. Now grab your ponchos and let's catch up on this week's news. Aquaman 2 has been delayed from March of next year to December. That's like nine months, dude. This adds fuel to the rumors of Amber Heard's removal from the movie, but nothing confirmed yet. I really enjoyed the first Aquaman, so I just hope this movie's good. We got a better look at the new Last of Us series on HBO Max. It's gonna be hard to beat the game, but so far everything looks great. NASA recently released audio of what a black hole sounds like. And while I can't play the copyrighted audio, I can recreate it. So it sounds something kind of like this. Pretty intense, I know. An open world Dune game called Dune Awakening was announced at Gamescom featuring a giant sandworm that ate all of your stuff. This will be a survival MMO and I will be playing it. Dead Island 2 released an action-packed trailer where the protagonist was getting groceries and squishing zombies. A true sequel to Dead Island has been anticipated for years, so I know a ton of people are excited about this. Remember when I said there's like five Pinocchio movies coming out? Well, now there's a video game too. Lies of P is a dark take on Pinocchio that blends the childhood classic with games like Bloodborne and Dark Souls. It was only a matter of time. Hogwarts Legacy released a trailer focusing on where the story could go should you choose to practice dark arts. Spoiler, it's nowhere good. Sony is facing a lawsuit in the UK with activists claiming that the company has quote ripped people off by taking a 30% cut on all transactions made on the PlayStation Store. Yeah, stick it to the man, dude. You know, also, we shouldn't have to pay for chips at Chipotle. Let's sue them too. Well, it looks like the storm has passed. Be sure to check out the Moviga podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you listen to that sort of thing, where we're talking all things movies, video games, and more. I'm Steven, and thanks again for joining me this week for The Lightning Round. Hey, everyone. I'm Hillary Fisco, and this is Reviews of the Nerds. Today, I'm reviewing Just One, a family-friendly cooperative party game for three to seven players. Part of the Asmodee family, Belgian company Repo Productions is passionate about producing quality games that provide an unforgettable playing experience. If you've ever enjoyed award-winning titles like Seven Wonders, Time's Up, or Concept, you're familiar with their work. In fact, Just One earned the prestigious Game of the Year Award in 2019. It only takes one minute to learn the rules and 20 minutes to play, so Just One is an easy choice for family time or a party with friends. The goal? Help the other players guess mystery words so the whole group can collect as many cards as possible before the game ends. Each card has a list of five words, a mix of everything from food to historical figures. Without looking at the card, the first player randomly chooses a number from one to five, indicating the target word to the rest of your group. Each of those players secretly writes a single clue word on the provided dry erase easels. Privately compare your easels and eliminate any repeat clues. Then show the remaining easels to the first player in the hopes that they can name the mystery word in just one guess. Simple. I love how Just One translates really well to virtual play using Zoom or Board Game Arena. With players in our house ranging in age from 40s to teens to a six-year-old, 
We appreciate any game that balances simplicity with replayability. Just One is perfect for empowering our emerging reader, yet doesn't bore the teenagers. The game is even more fun the better your group knows each other, because you can give obscure clues that are less likely to overlap and get eliminated. Our family gave the clues Warrior, King, Renaissance, and Knee for the mystery word Knight. I'm Hilary Fisco, and if laughter, creativity, and cooperation makes you think game night, just one may be the answer you're looking for. If you'd like to follow along as I balance our homeschool life with encouraging, empowering, and educating through my small business, you can find me posting and teaching on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook at KYRedheadMK and streaming periodically on Twitch as KYRedhead. Welcome back to the Back Row Morning Show. I'm Radio Matt. And I'm Mo. Now it's time for Mo's Fascinating Facts. Lemon trees can produce up to 600 pounds in a year and can grow up to 20 feet tall. The heaviest lemon was 11 pounds, 9.7 ounces. An 11-pound lemon. An 11-pound lemon. Yep. 11, 11, 11. Uh-huh, yeah. Yummy. Whale sharks are not whales. They are sharks, often referred to as gentle giants. They are also the world's largest fish, growing up to 12 meters long. Damn. I learned something. What are you about to say? <laughs> the next oh. fact. <laughs> I thought you were reacting because I didn't react. <laughs> Like, dang. <laughs> That's one fascinating whale shark fact. Not what I was going to say. Sheesh. Dan translates to God is my judge in Hebrew. Oh, that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Based on Dan from the Bible. Oh, Wow. <laughs> wow. Oh my word. You had a solid break <laughs> in your brain just there. Well, I'm sitting here kind of like, there's not a Dan in the Bible. What are you talking about? It's like saying there's a Craig in the Bible, okay? <laughs> Whatever. No Craig okay. in the Bible. Yeah, no, that was that was a solid break in my brain. It for real was. <laughs> The longest chess game theoretically possible is 5,949 moves. The longest chess game ever played happened in Belgrade in 1989, which ended in 269 moves. That game was a draw. Wow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's a long game. Does it say how long it took? No. Man. Mm -mm. I really need to know how long it took. I'm going to have to Google that and find out. Google it. <laughs> giggle. Get on the giggle. Mm -hmm. Get on a little giggle. All right, Mo. I've got a couple would you rather questions, some scenarios for you. We're going to talk them out and see what we both think. Okay. Number one, would you rather eat mystery leftovers that have been in the fridge too long or a stranger's leftovers that they left on their plate at a restaurant. Do I get to pick the stranger? Mm -mm. <clears throat> you don't even know who they were. They're already gone. Table's just there. 
<laughs> Do I get to heat up the leftovers from the fridge? I'm sure. Yeah. I'm going fridge. Fridge leftovers. <laughs> Just nuke them. <laughs> fridge leftovers heated up. You microwave anything With long enough, it'll kill every germ. <laughs> yep. God bless this food to the nourishment of my body. That I might be a servant for you. I mean, like, mystery leftovers implies you can't even tell what it is. Uh-huh, yeah. It's been in there so long, uh-huh. it, is, it is deformed. Yep. I would much rather eat a stranger's leftovers at a restaurant. I don't know what that stranger had. I don't what know. What had? <laughs> Like, what like disease a, right, is they carrying? <laughs> I mean, likely nothing, right? Because you're at a restaurant. The worst, maybe a cold. You know, they're not, it's like you're not going to catch a... Um, you have way too much faith in humanity. <laughs> Every person in a restaurant is perfectly healthy. <laughs> no one has any contagious diseases that could spread. Oh. You, my friend. <laughs> we, we, but I mean, the mystery leftovers are so like rotten or covered with mold or whatever that you can't tell what they are. I don't care how much microwaving. I'd never be able to eat that. I can eat a steak and forget that, okay, some guy had his lips on this piece of steak before I got to it. Who knows what he had? I could still eat that before I could eat. Okay. You asked me the question. I gave you my answer. (laughs) Well, we're both answering. I'm just giving you my question. Everybody in the chat says somebody else's food. (laughs) Whatever. Number two, without knowing how to do either, would you rather perform emergency surgery or fly a commercial plane when the pilots pass out? Fly a commercial plane. Really? Yes, 100%. Why, why that? Because there is someone there <clears throat> in the headset telling you what to do, talking you through it. I get on that little microphone and I say, the pilot just passed out. I'm a passenger. Tell me what to do. And as long as I listen and I do exactly what they tell me what to do, I'm good. And you're confident enough in your ability to still do that. And for them in that panic situation, like you're panicking, they might be panicking because they've never had to walk anybody like this through it who's never had any experience flying a plane. You're comfortable enough in your ability to get that thing on the ground and not kill the hundred or so people behind there instead of your ability to perform on one person who might die. Yeah, because if if we all die, then I'm also going to be dead, so I won't have to see the blood and everything. And if I'm performing surgery on one person, then I'm looking at their blood and everything, and that alone is going to make me fail. So at least with flying a plane, the situation in and of itself has already set me up for success, whereas surgery has already set me up for failure. I need a tissue, please. <laughs> you made me cough energy drink into my nose. Sorry. <laughs> oh. Oh. That is not a fun thing to have come through the nose. That was funny. <laughs> 
If all I those people think, die, I will also be dead. <laughs> so who cares? <laughs> I also think that flying a plane oh, in and of itself, like just being in that scenario is going to be less stressful than standing over someone while cutting into them. Surgery. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I, mean, I get that. I played Operation a lot as a kid and never once. <laughs> Successfully operated on that person. I always so, hit the buzzer wall. Every time. Every time. You know what? You've convinced me. I think that would be the better route. Yeah. Oh, man. Now I got to have ultra sunrise in my nasal passages for the next uh, hour. Now it is time for things we love. Each of us has a recommendation of something that we think is awesome. Mo, what do you got? Um, hold on. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is a, a little bit reaching and something that I love, but you need to understand that it, for real, is something that I have recently discovered, and it has completely altered my life for the better. Okay? Okay. This is not like a product that you can purchase or anything. It's not a show you can watch. Okay. I have recently started on Sundays <laughs> picking out my outfits for the week and having them ready Monday through Friday. The whole week? Yes. I have my entire outfits ready <clears throat> Monday through Friday. They're pulled separate in my closet away from all my other clothes. Let me explain. Go ahead. Okay. Floor so is no yours. <laughs> number one. We all know I'm not the greatest morning person. So, if welcome I, to the morning show. <laughs> so, if I can make my mornings a little less stressful, I'm going to. And this is one way because now instead of waking up in the morning and being like, what am I going to wear? And, and having to kind of go about getting ready while still thinking about whatever it is that I'm going to pull out of the closet and put on, that part's already taken care of. It's already thought out. Just worry about putting my clothes on, whatever I have pulled for that day, okay? Plus, because I have ample time to think about it and plan it out, I have been wearing more of my clothes. Okay, I can see that. I don't go to just the, the normal favorite few outfits that I know are going to look good, that I know go well together, you know? I'm actually stepping out of like my comfort zone and wearing things that I typically don't wear. Uh-huh. To the point where like, I it's become I don't want to say it's become a vanity thing, but I'm super proud of some of the outfits that I've put together. <laughs> and so every day I'm like taking an outfit of the day picture. <clears throat> Because I'm proud of the things that I put together. I'm like, wow, I actually look really fashionable and cute today. It's called vanity. But it's not. Like, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't think it's vanity in that regard. I'm just like, I don't, anyway. I, is that vanity? I don't think that's vanity. I'm looking cute today. I'm going to post a picture so everyone else can see how cute I look. But it's I think because that's of a bit my vanity. outfit. It's not because of me. It's because of my outfit. But you bought the clothes. You chose the clothes. And you developed a whole system to plan for it in advance so you would look this cute. I still think it's kind of about you, even if it's not. Whatever. But anyway, that being said, that's not a bad idea. 
I can from a, like from a woman's perspective, I understand that more. Mm-hmm. For me, I have five dress shirts. I have five jeans. That's all I have. Yeah, I pull one and the other, and I'm done. Yeah, but uh, Rivka in chat says I love doing that. I choose all my work clothes in advance. Trombone Dalek says I keep thinking I'll do that and tell myself that I'll do that, but it actually doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not. Yeah, it's not a bad. Not a bad plan, especially if you have to really coordinate your outfit and stuff. It's been really nice. Yeah. It has been really nice. I can't tell you how many times people have been like, you look you look really cute today. That never happened last year. because <laughs> I wore the same thing all the time. <laughs> uh, all right. So I've got two because I had one last week and you weren't here to oh. record, so... That I've gotten another one, and I'm going to forget one or the other. Okay, fine. So the first one is Bucky's. Bucky's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Told you I went on a trip with my mother to the two funerals, mm-hmm. to the really four funerals, because uh, <laughs> three of them happened all together. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, the 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 big happy part of that is on the last day, we got to go to Bucky's, which if you've not... Been to a Bucky's or seen a Bucky's? I'm not sure anything like Bucky's exists anywhere else in the country. Yeah, I don't know. It is a gas station. A gas station the size of like an old Kmart or an old Walmart before right. it was a supercenter, you know. Like very big, size of a, cl- a, a grocery store, essentially. Yeah. Okay, yeah. With like a hundred of pumps and whatever on the outside, but like you go in and they're making their own barbecue brisket sandwiches, they're making candied pecans and stuff, they're all hot and in little tubes you can get there. Mm-hmm. They've got some of the best bathrooms on the planet. Um, tons of candy, tons of beef jerky that they make there. Lots, and, and then just like it's also like part Hobby Lobby and. You know, they have crafts and gifts and things and then Absolutely a lot of everything. Bucky merchandise as well. Yes. Uh, it's it's a it's a fun store to be in and it's got some of the best like treats and snacks of any truck stop, gas station, whatever you've ever been in. They make a pecan brittle. Pecan brittle. Mm-hmm. That is so Good. I haven't tried the brittle. I would gladly die eating every bag of it in existence. <laughs> I agree. Bucky's is definitely something to look, something yeah. to marvel at. I say all the time, I want for my home to smell like Bucky's. Yes. Oh, it smells so good in there all the time. Mm-hmm. We did a taste test of some Bucky like weird things. A few. I don't remember. While back, like I they guess had I'm the one that brought them, but I don't. No, I brought them. them. Oh. Um, it was uh, like M and M's, but it was like sunflower seeds covered in chocolate and candy, like min- little mini. You remember those? No. And chocolate rocks. We had chocolate rocks. No, Matt. Yeah. No. What? I think that these were the ones that you lost. These oh. were the taste tests that you lost. No, I definitely ate them. Okay, then you straight lied to me and said that you lost them and you ate them. Because I don't remember eating any of these. Did Oriole? I not eat them? Oriole. Maybe I didn't Where eat Where are you them. at, Oriole? Do you remember us doing these taste <laughs> tests? I don't remember them. 
Because now all. that you mention it, I remember getting like some sort of spicy saltine cracker or something, and we definitely didn't do that one. See? Maybe you're right. Maybe we never ate them. Wow. This would have been a little over a year ago, I think. You're right. I don't remember ever making an image for it. See? Wow. Okay. I don't know. And there was there was a time where you went somewhere, you got things for a taste <clears throat> test, and you lost them. Yeah. I think it was Bucky's. Lost yeah. Them. You're right. You're right. Apparently, you just kept them for yourself at home. I may have oh found... Oh, my, how the truth comes out. I may have found those sunflower seeds and those rocks, because I do remember it. No! I remember now. <laughs> I also bought my kids the sunflower seeds and the rocks. Oh. And so we all did have some of those, but I had a whole bag of stuff for you and me. Mm-hmm. And we did lose them. I thought I had them up here, and then we never found them. I do remember that now. Mm. Wow. Well, the sunflower seeds are good. Anyway, my second thing is something called the Dome Dock. Okay. <clears throat> this is a, like a little, it's like a little plastic D kind of shaped thing that you screw into your wall and you place your hats in it and you can stack your hats up to like 20 hats and it keeps them all one nice little condensed area without them like having to hang on hooks and get deformed or have them just spread all over the house. They all just stack very neatly up on your wall. I stumbled across it looking for this hat. Actually, I was looking for the hat that I lost. I lost a hat. I'm about to, hold on. I'm about to look the dome. Look, look the dome doc up on Amazon or domedoc.com. Um, <clears throat> anyway, I, was, I lost a hat on the trip, and I'll tell that story one day about why that hat is particularly important to me. I was trying to replace it, but they were out of that, but then I stumbled across this one. But anyway, while I was looking it up, I saw an advertisement for the Dome Doc. And so I posted a picture of this to the Discord, and Bubba's like, how'd you get one of those? Did I tell you about those? I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, I ordered it online. He goes, I didn't tell you about this? No. <laughs> what are you talking about? Apparently, he is very close friends with the guy that invented them. What? And they live in the same town. <laughs> and he's amazed that I somehow stumbled upon it and bought it and raved about it. You know, being so close to him. Uh, so anyway, because he knows him, I went and left a rave review about it as well. Um, so this is not anything like what I thought. You're not, you wouldn't, you weren't picked. I didn't describe it well. No. Sorry. Mm -mm. It's nothing like what I thought, but so Cannon has all of his hats hung on his wall. Right. With little thumbtacks. Currently. Right. Which is what I did. Right. Yeah. So I think that this is genius. It is. This is brilliant. Yeah. So go to now, apparently there's like rip off versions of this out there, but this is the original yeah. dome doc.com or dome doc on Amazon just make sure it's the official Dome Doc. Dome it's doc. one word, Dome Doc. Uh, get one of them, and all your hat nightmares will be over. I think it's brilliant. <laughs> I, I know that my wife was all for it, it when is. she saw it. She saw, this is brilliant, because I leave my hats everywhere. I hang them anywhere. There's yeah. an, a hook. Uh, and so, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. It is going in Canon stock. <laughs> Those are the things that I love. Hmm. 
Now it's time for things that we hate. Each of us has something to share that we wish would leave this earth. Call them unrecommendations. Mo, what you got? So the way that you like say that, things that we wish would leave this earth. <laughs> yeah. It, it makes me sound really bad for the thing that I hate. I thought you were like saying, mine's already off this earth. I hate the sun. Oh. <laughs> um. And I already touched on this a little bit, so I'm just going to say it, and then we're going to leave it. The graduating class of 2035. I'm trying to do math. That Is would that be this year's kindergartners. Okay. Yeah. Hey, my son's in that class. I'll take offense to this. Well, listen. <laughs> I was having a conversation with the kindergarten teacher at the, another district close to us, mm -hmm. and I was asking her, are your kindergartners bananas? <laughs> and she's been teaching for almost 20 years at this point, so she's seen a lot mm -hmm. of kindergartners, okay? And she said, yes, they are an entirely different breed of their own this year. <laughs> and I said, what is it? Why do you think? And she actually came up with what I think is a pretty good theory. So these kindergartners would have been toddlers during COVID. They were, yeah. And so that early social interaction, they didn't get a whole lot of. Mm. Being in playgroups, being in like a nursery or a daycare or anything. Of, of, Even church in a yeah. lot of cases, yeah. Uh-huh. Just having that social interaction at that early age... And then having to answer to someone other than mom and dad, having an authority figure over them other than mom and dad, those are two things that they missed out on mm. in those toddler years. And so now... So they're having to learn it here. <clears throat> That's an interesting theory. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, my son has already lost two of his three water bottles. Mm. And he's only gone to school five days. <laughs> um... But other than that, he's done pretty good. I'm pretty excited about his progress. He's made friends, which I wasn't sure he would. Mm. Uh, he tried food. He's not. He's not. He's a picky eater. And he tried the food that the school made one day this week. Mm -hmm. And that went okay. Like Did I, it go okay? It went okay. Like, were you there to witness what he ate? No, but he doesn't. He doesn't lie about what he what he likes and what he doesn't like. Sure. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> I see what these kids eat. Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> One bite of rice <laughs> is not lunch. Sorry. Anyway, my thing that I hate is uh, trying to choose a meal on DoorDash in a big city. Let me explain. We live in a, a medium, or let's say like a big town, not a big city. We're big for a small town. Let's put it that way. The big end of small towns. We have DoorDash and on it, maybe like 40 places you can order from. When I was on this trip with my mom a couple of weeks ago, we were in a hotel. My mom was actually sick. She had an upper respiratory infection the whole time. Mm -hmm. And so that whole time I'm thinking, yeah, I'm just going to get an upper respiratory infection. <laughs> but I didn't. I survived. Uh, but she was sick. She didn't really want to go out. 
all that much. Um, we went out once with uh, some of the fam- some of her family for a dinner in a very loud, very crowded pizza place that was all right, but she was done after that. And so I'm like, all right, we'll just order DoorDash to the hotel. We can, we can get something. Well, neither one of us knew what we wanted. We just knew we didn't want to eat something that we could have here. You right. know, that's the rule. That's when you're the on rule. a trip, you eat mm-hmm. some eat places that you can't get anywhere else or can't get at home. There, we're sitting there both times, both in uh, one of the suburbs of Oklahoma City and then Fort Worth. There are hundreds and hundreds of restaurants. So many that even if you like cycle down to just like one style or whatever on the app, you're scrolling forever. It takes you an hour just to decide where you're going to start ordering from. Mm-hmm. Then you order. And then it's, it's like two hours. It's a two hour process from let's get something to eat to now we're eating. Yeah. And my brain just could not handle it. Like you have to you just order scroll. your next meal right. <laughs> as you're eating your current meal. Like, I never made it to the end of a list. Mm. I'm scrolling and I'm scrolling and I'm like, we're just, there's, we just have to pick something. <laughs> I had to make the rule in Fort Worth. I'm like, look, if we can't find something we like in the first 10 options on any one of these, you know, you know, Italian or Mexican or whatever things on any one of these, if there's nothing in the first 10, we move on to another cuisine Mm -hmm. until we find something, but I'm not going to just scroll forever. Like we did in Oklahoma, (laughs) but we had some good food. Yeah. 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 It's good stuff there. Awesome. Um, but anyway, just, yeah, it's, it's the, it's the ever present issue of too many choices. That's something that everybody hates because once you have too many choices, yeah, (laughs) you just can't. You feel like you're missing out. It's it's like there's already that FOMO and you haven't even done anything yet. Mm-hmm. Like, I know I'm never going to be able to find exactly what I want because there's too many things to look through. And so I'm going to, it's like you're automatically going in knowing you're going to settle for something. And that just kind of ruins the experience. Mm-hmm. Now it is time for our Twitch friends to ask us insanely personal, just plain silly and possibly embarrassing questions. Our first question is from KY Redhead. If you could only watch one movie, one TV series, read one non-Bible book, and listen to one song for the rest of your life, which would you pick? So by non-Bible book, I think she just means not the Bible. Like we're not counting the Bible. Not necessarily not a Christian book or right. something like that. Yeah. Um, so I have mine. Do you want to go first? you want me to go first? You can go first. Okay. So... One movie, though I want to cheat and say the whole trilogy, I will just pick Back to the Future 2. That's my favorite Back to the Future, and I watch it every time I come across it. Well, I guess I used to. That doesn't really happen anymore with streaming, (laughs) but I used to watch it every time I came across it. Uh, I watch it at least once a year, watch the whole trilogy at least once a year. Uh, TV series was actually hard to narrow down, but I went ahead and went with Frasier, which I know is not everybody's favorite, but it's one of my favorites and I've never gotten tired of it and it's 11 seasons. So that's a lot of, a lot of show to watch Mm -hmm. before you have to repeat, uh, book. I picked this present darkness, that old, uh, it was Frank Peretti, right? Yeah. Frank Peretti book. Uh, I read that one about 
10 years ago for the first time and it's very entertaining uh a lot of like mental movie stuff going on in that one and then for uh one song i'm I'm actually gonna pick saturday by 21 pilots which is not my favorite song at all but i'm never not happy when the song's on Okay. Like it's one of those just very catchy, very fun to sing and bop to kind of songs. And I feel like I could get along with that one for a while. That, that's yeah. fair. Yeah. Uh, so movie for myself is Steel Magnolias. Hmm. Television show is going to come as no surprise to anyone. It is Friends. Uh, <laughs> it's Naked and Afraid. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the title of my life. No, I'm just kidding. That's my memoir. (laughs) Okay, listen, with a book, I had to pick two. I can't decide. That is against the rules. No, Anne of Green Gables or The Giver. I can't decide. Pick The Giver. The Giver, I probably, yeah, The Giver, but I, Anne of Green Gables, though. (laughs) One book, Mo. One. But. (laughs) And uh, song is um, Miss Independent by Ja Rule. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Yeah. You are welcome. Wow. All right. Mm -hmm. What about our second question? Our second question is from Brother Maud. When was the last time you messed your pants? You get to go first on this one. Uh, It was roughly in the spring of 2008. That's quite a while ago. You mess your pants on the regular mat or what? (laughs) I haven't gotten to my side yet. Tell the story. I'm not telling a story. You're not going to tell the story? He asked when. I said when. (laughs) Were you at home at least or were you somewhere else? Um, I was at, I was at my mom's house. So. Okay. Kind of home. And it was while Chris was deployed. So it was kind of my home at that point. I was living between my mom's house and his parents' house with the boys. So. Were you sick or was it like a. (laughs) <laughs> I want to hear the story. <laughs> Do you really want to hear the yeah. story? Okay, but yeah. there, like, listen, okay. I've already been catching a lot of flack in our chat today. <laughs> like I have, we have one very specific person who is not my fan <laughs> and it is very evident. So like, I don't what want any comments coming from anybody. Come on. Got Everybody it. Everybody loves you. Understood? Okay. So remember, this was in 2008. Mm -hmm. Chris was deployed. Uh My boys were babies. Cannon wasn't even a year old at this point. Okay. Okay. Um, I was, and my sister was also a baby. So my sister was, let's see, if Cannon. Oh, your youngest sister. uh Uh-huh. If Cannon wasn't quite a year, Topher would have been two. That would have made my sister three. Okay. Okay. So we're all sitting on my mom's front porch. All the kids are playing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you know those little things that the little cart things that you sit on, kids sit on and move their feet and it drives them around or it has the tall handle in the back that the parent can push. Ooh, sorry. Hit yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So my sister had several of those and 
I sat down on one of them, and I'm moving my feet around. Well, at this point in my life, I was also a smoker. And so for those of you who don't know, when you smoke, it relaxes certain areas of your body and causes you to be more productive, if you will. (laughs) And so I'm in the middle of smoking a cigarette while riding on this child's toy across my my mom's front porch and the front porch is wood planks and so like with the combination of the bouncing of the wood planks and the relaxation from the the cigarette yeah next thing I know I look at my mom and I'm like I gotta go (laughs) so there you go wow there you go I appreciate you <laughs> yep. Uh, so the last time it happened to me, it was um, in 2008. People, okay, jeez. The last time it happened to me was relatively recent. It was not last year. I think the year before last, and it was just one of those trusting a fart too much situations. I was just doing the dishes and thought I had to let a a poofy out, and I did. And I'm like, hmm. That bubble wow. was way too big. <laughs> wow. Wow. But I've told the story of the worst time. Remember when I lost my wedding ring? Let me just a real re- recap of that just to, to eclipse your story. Deidre and I were living in Albuquerque at the time. I think it was also around 2007, 2008. Okay. We were living in Albuquerque at the time. We had gone to Clovis. Uh, to visit our family, and we were driving back. Driving back, we stopped at some, I have no idea, town we've never stopped in before, a very tiny town. The only thing they had there was a McDonald's and a Taco Bell. We ate at the Taco Bell. That was a mistake. <laughs> we, <laughs> we are driving. I'm driving. Um, and again, I'm trusting a fart too much after eating Taco Bell and realize, oh, gosh, I have made a mess. And so we pull over, and luckily we're in my dad's old car that he had given to us a few years ago, and it was still stuffed with napkins in the glove compartment. So, like, we're on the side of the road. I got both doors open, so I'm, like, using that as a little, you know, a privacy area. Yeah. And I'm just using up all these napkins. Well, it's incredibly windy, and so all the napkins just start blowing out into the like the ditch area here on the road. I'm like, well, those are staying there. I'm not going to go pick those up. And as I'm cleaning myself off and my pants are like down while I'm doing this, there are, there's a huge swarm of mosquitoes that start attacking me. And when I mean swarm, I mean swarm. I mean like a hundred mosquitoes start surrounding me. And so I'm flapping at them, trying to get them off me, trying to clean up, trying not to cause a problem any bigger than we already have. Uh, Pull my pants back up, get back in the passenger side, close the doors. We're swatting mosquitoes in the car. Dave was driving away. I don't realize that while I was swatting away these things, my ring had flown off into the ditch somewhere. And this is a very special ring to me. This was my dad's ring. Um, and I don't want to lose it. 
I don't realize this until we are literally on the street of our house. It is dark now. I'm like, oh, crap, I've lost it. Literally. And like it had to have been when I was swatting on the mosquitoes. And like I'm like I'm like so upset I'm crying and shaking and stuff. I'm like, I cannot believe I lost this ring. And so I say I have to go back and find it. So we get flashlights, Deidre and I go, and I'm like, we kinda know roughly where this was, how long ago it was. And they're like, let's see if we can find all those napkins. <laughs> And so we go past where we know it is and turn around on the highway and we're just driving slowly with our hazards on and I have a flashlight out just looking for napkins. And it was those poopy napkins on the side of the road. We found them and I found the ring. (laughs) Is it the ring you're wearing currently? Yeah, that's the ring. It didn't have stuff on it. I'm sure it did. It was just I'm sure well, it, it might have. I'm sure it did. <laughs> You're disgusting. It was a horrible day, Bo. It was very traumatizing. I'm sorry. <laughs> you could have gotten a new ring and just saved that one for, like, put it in a, in a box somewhere. If it's special to you, I understand that. It's sentimental. You don't want to not have it. But I would not be wearing that ring every single day knowing yeah. that it flew off my hand. Do you want to hold it? No. <laughs> Keep your... It was like 15 years ago almost to this point. And? I bet you those napkins are still somewhere. (laughs) Do you know how long it takes for a disposable diaper to fully disintegrate? I wasn't wearing a diaper. I'm just saying. (laughs) Just wear McDonald's napkins. Think about that. Trombone Dalek is asking, has the ring been washed ever since? You can't wash a ring. I'm kidding. Yes, of course. It's been washed multiple times. It gets washed every time my hands are washed. Right? Right. Oh, we drug that out too long. All right. No, not we. You. <laughs> you drug that out too long. Brother Mod says, almost a sequel to The Lord of the Rings where Frodo went back to Mount Doom to find the ring. <laughs> almost. <laughs> That's fantastic. Oh. Um, Trombone Dalek says, if the ring flew off your hand, it probably needs to be resized at some point. Yeah, I have fluctuated in weight up and down, and so I have yet to resize it. Right now, it's a little too small, so it's making like an indention on my ring finger. We'll get there. We'll get there. Hey, everyone. I'm Hector Mirai, and this is Faith and Fandom 180 on LTN Radio. So personally, I kind of struggle with saying no to things in general. If I'm asked to do something, I feel like I have to do it. Like, I feel really compulsory vibes that I'm letting someone down if I don't say yes when I'm asked. And this has made my life very full but it's also made my life very draining. And in the professional nerd ministry world, uh, I especially feel this sometimes. And if a con asks me 
specifically for Faith and Fandom, to come be present at their show, I want to show up. And recently a show asked me to come be a guest. And I really wanted to do it. But it was the day after I had already been booked to DJ an event in the other direction. And I did the math today. And if I said yes, I would drive an hour and a half in one direction, DJ an event, late that night, drive home, and then leave at 5.30 in the morning to go set up at another show. And I just realized that if I did that, I would be doing damage to everything else I was doing because I wouldn't be able to give it my best. And it reminded me of this situation in Nehemiah chapter 6 where Nehemiah is rebuilding the wall. And people kept trying to distract him for their own various reasons. 6 verse 2 says, Sanballat and Geshem sent to me saying, Come, let us meet together in Hakafram in the plain of Ono. But they intended to do me harm. And I sent messages to them saying, I am doing a great work and I cannot come down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and come down to you? And... Sometimes I think we miss the fact that God's given us things to do right where we are and that every opportunity isn't a great opportunity. Sometimes opportunities are distractions from the great thing we've already been given. So I would just encourage you, don't say yes to everything. Actually weigh it out and see if it's where you're supposed to be heading, if it's what God has intended for you, because it's okay to say no. Remember to catch Faith and Fandom 180 every Wednesday morning on the Back Row Morning Show only on LTN Radio. And if you'd like to learn more about Faith and Fandom, head over to faithandfandom.org where you can learn about our Comic-Con ministry, podcasts, memes, apparel, and book series. You can even read new chapters before they make it to the next book. I'm Hector Mirai, and thank you for spending the last 180 seconds with me. in nerd history you're getting old harry in just a couple months the movie version of harry potter and the sorcerer's stone will turn 21 years old sorry you had to hear that but of course the book is even older harry potter and the philosopher's stone as it was originally titled for release in the uk was joe rowling's debut novel and one she worked on for over six years several publishers passed on the book because it was too long for their liking coming in at about ninety thousand words before edits young adult novels rarely went above eighty thousand and many were half that and even though the final draft of the book came in at just under seventy-seven thousand words every book after broke the eighty thousand word barrier with Order of the Phoenix topping the series with 257,000 words between its covers. While Philosopher's Stone released in the UK in June of 1997, the US rights were purchased by Scholastic the April before for $105,000, which was significantly higher than average. The book was then released in the US on September 1st, 1998, under the name Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone because Scholastic thought the word philosopher would sound too archaic for American readers. 
Within a year, Sorcerer's Stone topped the New York Times list of best-selling fiction and stayed at or near the top for much of 99 and 2000, until the New York Times was pressured into separating the list into two separate lists, an adult fiction and a children's fiction list, because publishers wanted to give their books a fighting chance. Currently, the book has been translated into 80 languages, including Latin and even ancient Greek. Safe to say, it's cast quite a spell on all of us. I'm Radio Matt. See you next time for more Nerd History. Welcome back to the Back Row Morning Show. I'm Radio Matt. And I'm Mo. We're going to move into our main topic for the week by starting with a kickoff discussion with our Discord. So as our Discord chat is populating by those who want to join us today, let me explain what we will be discussing this week. For the last couple years, one thing that the world has talked about almost as much as the pandemic has been NFTs, or non-fungible tokens. This week, we're going to look at just what they are, the current issues with them, and how they might be the future of nearly everything. Uh, before we get started, we have one back row bud in our chat, and that is uh, Duncan, Mr. Tad Hall. Tad, how are you doing? I'm doing it's early. <laughs> <laughs> That's usually when the morning happens. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Today's we, my sleep in day, so, you know. Well, I appreciate you ruining nice that for us. <laughs> Thanks for being committed. Uh, oh, absolutely. <laughs> so, Tad, have you ever bought an NFT? Uh, no. Have you ever desired to buy an NFT? No. Good. That means you're yeah. on the you're on the right track. <laughs> well, yes, I've done a lot of research before getting yeah. into any crypto um, fungible object. Funges. <laughs> fungible mushrooms. Mm -hmm. uh, so we asked we asked the question in our Discord prior to recording, and, and uh, most of the responses we got were similar to nope. And a lot of them said I never really looked looked at them or, or looked into them. DJJ Shane told us that he won one uh, from a music artist in a contest. Uh, and it was like an animated version of a cover for a single that the artist released. So like a GIF, I guess, of the album cover that moves in some way. Um, he doesn't believe that it's actually worth anything. Uh, Trombone, Do Trombone Dalek in our chat says she has a friend. Uh, who has a side job making NFTs, but they haven't really talked about them uh, for a bit. Uh, now, the real question for the one man brave enough to join our Discord this morning is, can you tell me what an NFT is? Like, can you explain it as best as you understand it? Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, okay, so... Oh my goodness. It is hard. Like this is yeah. a difficult thing. Okay. Um basically it's like you bought a piece of a copyright that you do not own. <laughs> That's not uh, a bad definition. <laughs> so in that you do own um the rights to be able to do whatever you like with it except for um copying it because it is not still not yours but to frame it to post it on different areas it is yours right. um it's like uh here it's like everyone bought the mona lisa on etsy 
there we go. <laughs> no one owns the Mona Lisa. It is Leonardo da Vinci's. Right. Um, but I can go onto Etsy and buy a copy of the Mona Lisa and have the Mona Lisa to post anywhere I like. <laughs> but I can't sell the Mona Lisa, my copy of the Mona Lisa, because I don't own it. I can trade it. Right. Okay. <laughs> there we go. So in its current watered-down definition form, an NFT is a piece of digital art that you can buy and sell the digital rights to. In a way... You that... can't sell because you don't own it. No, you can sell the digital rights. Hey. Tad yeah, just you said? can sell okay. your own rights to okay. it. You can't sell the you original. Can't sell okay. Okay. Yeah. okay. Okay. So just know. because I have a copy of the Mona Lisa does not mean I can't I can sell the original copy of the Mona Lisa. But you can sell your copy. Right. Yes. Got it. Not really. But okay. <laughs> cool. But I can't copy my uh, piece to sell also. So okay. I can't like make multiple copies of my Mona Lisa to sell. <laughs> Correct. This is, I like this analogy. I'm, I'm running with I'm it. I'm sticking with the Mona Lisa thing. All yeah. right. So in a way that I will explain further in the next segment, it is almost like digital beanie babies. Uh, and in more ways than one. NFTs can be many things, but right now most NFTs are pieces of digital art. Uh, but they are also mostly like, Lame pieces of digital art. Not because they're bad looking, though many are, but because they are kind of lazy. These digital artists create one outline of an animal or something and then just create hundreds of variations of that one piece. Different colors, different outfits, different scenes. That's what most NFTs are right now. Nickelodeon, for instance, is selling NFTs of Rugrats and Hey Arnold characters. Uh, and of these, they're like in different facial expressions. Some of them are wearing party hats. Some of them are wearing sunglasses. You know, it's just little variations here and there, and then mixtures of those variations, you know, infinite. It's like Sonic having, you know, 60,000 different drinks because you can mix the different flavors and, you know, all that. That's essentially what they're doing here. Okay. They're also selling mashups, horrifying mutants that are half Rugrat character and half Hey Arnold character, and these cost way more. So I went to OpenSea, which is one of the largest NFT marketplaces, and scrolled through several, and I mean several, NFT collections and the prices that these things are listed for. Most common NFTs are on the Ethereum blockchain, Ethereum being a cryptocurrency kind of like Bitcoin, uh, and blockchain being something that I'll explain later. Currently, one Ethereum converts to about 1,702 US dollars. So for instance, the cheapest Nickelodeon NFT is Phoebe from Hey Arnold in a birthday party hat at a duck bill with a mild shocked expression, giving a thumbs up. It costs 0.0234 Ethereum, so about 40 bucks. Okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> let me explain to you about 5KM Genesis sneakers. This is one of the first NFTs I want to share. These are pieces of digital art that are just different color variations of one design of one 8-bit sneaker shoe. 
No design changes, not a single pixel difference between the roughly 1,000 shoes, just different color palettes. Currently, the cheapest one for sale is 0.04 Ethereum, or roughly 68 bucks. I think that's already a lot for an 8-bit shoe. It's kind of dark teal and violet with a green sole. However, one of the most expensive ones for sale is a purple and mustard-colored one with a baby blue sole. That's being sold for 9.9 Ethereum, or nearly $17,000. Okay. Are you disappointed already? I'm mm -hmm, very much so. <laughs> I think disappointed is an understatement. Another collection I saw is Wassies by Wassies. These are platypus, plati platypuses, platypi. Platypi. <laughs> is it really platypi? Yes. Yeah. I really, platypi. I really thought it was platypuses. <laughs> I didn't know it would follow the same thing as Octopi. Tad, I am so glad that you are here because if it was just the two of us, he would be like, no, it's not platypi. There's no, no way it's platypi. It's platypuses. No, it's not. It's platypi. Thank you, Tad, I, for showing up. Yeah, that's your hypothetical I back, situation. I'll back you up anytime when it comes to the one, English language. One basic platypus design that is uh, recolored, reskinned, and put in different backgrounds. That's all it is. Uh, it's given different accessories or chest emblems or facial expressions, but still basically the same design over and over. To get in on the ground floor, you'll need to shell out 0.6 Ethereum for a pink and white genie platypus with a star on its chest, a teal face mask, and a donut on its head. That is $1,021. That's the cheapest platypus in this art collection. But if you really want to flaunt your wealth, you can go for one that features an X-rayed platypus where you can see the skeleton sitting in a boat with a leak uh, on the water where a sea monster is about to bite the boat from the bottom and the platypus has a diamond on its chest and now it has a donut on its head as well. This one goes for 15,000, or sorry, 1,500 Ethereum or 2 million Five hundred and fifty-three thousand dollars. Perhaps the most well-known and successful NFT collection is the Bored Ape Yacht Club. This is an ape head drawn a couple thousand different ways. Again, just like the platypi, different colors, expressions, and accessories because these are extremely popular. The cheapest one that you can buy right now is an angry looking brown ape in a skeleton t-shirt for 71.71 .71 Ethereum or about $122,000. The highest listed one is set for like 99,999,999,999,999,999 Ethereum, but I'm assuming that listing is a joke since this gray ape in a caveman leotard with a blindfold on would cost you 170 quadrillion dollars, which is roughly 680 times the world's total net worth. But the next thing, the next listing is for $69,069.69, which is also a joke, but much more attainable price of nearly $12 million. For this price, you'll receive the digital rights to a golden ape with one of those Julius Caesar leaf crowns and a shoulder strap of bullets. $12 million, Mo. That, that is much more attainable. Has this helped explain NFTs at all? No. Or why the heck you should care? I'm going to bed. <laughs> I don't know why I woke up for this. 
Okay. I'd, I'd love to jump in if I can. Go ahead. Okay, Please. so... Yeah, so... There's, there's different... Uh, this is where, yeah, NFT really gets kind of murky um, and and confusing because there is basically, like you're saying, the Thai beanie baby side mm -hmm. and the actual artist side. Right. So, yeah, you're we're looking at um, basically overhyped pieces of unoriginality trying to be uh, traded up for a higher valued uh, piece. Right. And that is the whole trading side that's actually really uh, caustic, not only virtually, but also environmentally. Yes. Um, and so, yeah, this whole thing about uh, trading and selling things at just ridiculous amounts because they have no um, bearing on actual... Um, monetary value they can be set at anything right and so yeah people start at the lowest base just so they could trade up trade into different other basically trading cards yeah or beanie babies and like and, what you said earlier you're not buying the original artwork you're buying no the rights to use it. And so what most people wind up doing with this is just making it their profile picture. Like, it's not like <laughs> there's anything particularly special you can do with these pieces of, uh, except digital for the, art. uh, the monkey, uh, yacht club, the, what is it? Board ape yacht club. Yeah. The board ape yacht club. They actually have a club that if you re uh, show your NFT, you're allowed into the club. Mm -hmm. Um, and so there are different, um, NFT tra trading, yeah. uh, there are, there are groups and stuff utilize their, their, um, their collection as a way to be involved in something. I have a coworker that's involved with a, um, one that helps clean up the ocean type of thing. So if you buy an NFT, you're helping to clean up the ocean, but also they have a little kickback if you own certain uh, NFTs that they sell. And it's all uh, Davy Jones, Crockin face dude. So, <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, none of this is for, for me to say that there's not going to be some NFTs out there that are, are doing good or accomplishing good, or even that there are some that are worth uh, owning. But it is largely overrun yes. by things that appear to be get-rich-quick get schemes or things of that nature. And we're also going to talk about, like, rug pulls and stuff this week and how, in the end, a lot of these are going to end up like Beanie Babies, as in a bubble is going to burst as what NFTs are truly supposed to be kind of comes into fruition. Um, we're going to make you come back. Uh, for the next segment, we're going to be talking about what NFTs really are. But before we end this segment, let's cycle back to Nickelodeon's NFTs because uh, I never shared with you their current most expensive NFT. Uh, it is Lil from Rugrats with an angry expression. She's wearing a pink bike helmet, pink triangle sunglasses, and holding a bottle of chocolate milk, which is really bad for babies. Mm -hmm. Who wants to guess the price? Mm -mm. Tad, you have a guess uh, for how much it's going for? Uh, $56 million. 
It is going for 40 Ethereum or $68 million. So you're not too far off. $68 million for this terrible looking Lil from Rugrats. Preaching a really bad message. Because like it'd be really (laughs) cool to own like original artwork of of like Rugrats or something. And if that was like a virtual NFT, that's fine. But like to yeah, overproduce and make it into this fad thing. Mm -hmm. It's kind of sad. Like that (laughs) kind of kills my childhood. (laughs) Well, Tad, thank you for jumping in with us for this discussion and uh, reacting along with us. And uh, enjoy the rest of the show, my friend. Oh, I will. Absolutely. <laughs> Get yourself another coffee. Thanks for speaking for me, Tad. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye, dude. Bye. So this week we're talking about NFTs, and we went over the kind of basic overview last time. We went through some examples. Uh, but this time we're going to do our best to figure out exactly what NFTs are. So let's see if I can explain... And uh, Mo, I actually have like a set of questions here. If I you just want to be the be the questioner, and I will try and give a a solid answer. All right. So I'm starting. Yeah. What ahead. does NFT stand for? So uh, as we discussed last time, NFT stands for non fungible token, uh, and non fungible more or less means that it's unique. It can't be replaced with something else. So like a Bitcoin mm, is fungible. You trade one for another, and you'll have exactly the same thing. But non-fungible is essentially like a one-of-a-kind trading card. Like there's only, it's one of one, only one produced, only one sold. It's traded for, if you trade it for a different NFT, you have a different NFT. You have a different thing. They're not the same thing. They're not the same value, or they won't remain the same value, all that kind of stuff. It's completely different. So just the one, essentially. How do NFTs work? So at a very high level, most NFTs are a part of the Ethereum blockchain, uh, though other blockchains have some of their own versions of NFTs. Ethereum is a cryptocurrency like Bitcoin or or Dogecoin, um, but its blockchain also helps it keep track of who's holding and trading the NFT. So it's kind of the blockchain is essentially, and I'll, I'll dive deeper into that later, but it's essentially a way that all these records are kept. And the way the blockchain works, it's pretty reliable and pretty protected against like hacking or theft or things of that nature. What can be an NFT? So NFTs can be anything digital. Uh, Drawings, music, your brain downloaded and turned into an AI. That's a joke from The Verge. Sorry, uh, but most of it, get that. most of it, <laughs> like when well, we've talked about AI, right? When you just download, upload your consciousness, and then put it on a USB drive. Mm, we've not talked about AI all <laughs> in the show. No. Uh, but currently, currently, the big drive is around digital art. <clears throat> okay, what is keeping me from just copying and saving these images or whatever to my own computer? Nothing. And see, that's one of the big drawbacks of NFT artwork is that, number one, to even see what you're buying, all of it's listed online. I listed, uh, you know, previously all the different Board Ape Yacht Club things. There's, you know, thousands of those. I can right click and save that to my computer and I could put it as my, uh, <laughs> my, uh, 
profile. profile picture and, you know, anywhere else. And there's, I mean, you probably could like sue me and tell me to stop it. But like, are you going to waste that kind of money to sue somebody on the internet only for it to happen a thousand other times mm -hmm. that you're not even aware of? Like you might own some digital rights to this, but at the same time, all pictures on the internet are essentially stolen. <laughs> yep. Uh, were you done? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. What is the point of NFTs? All right. Well, like it. Let me see how to put this correctly. It's. It doesn't have one. <laughs> <laughs> like it, it's, it's the, it's the stepping stone to something with a point. Mm -hmm. Like we're getting to the, to a point where this will be an important thing in our society, but not in the form that it is right now. And it's actually a pretty good thing. Um, but right now the point is mostly status related. Like we talked about is, you know, they're there. Like, you know, Tad said in the discord discussion, you know, there are some that have, you know, have clubs and clout and all this kind of thing. When you get, you know, you buy a board eight yacht club thing, that means you get in the special actual club and get to do fun things, cool things, helpful things, all kinds of stuff. But at the heart of it all, it really is a clout thing. It's a, this is how I show off the money that I have or, or the influence that I have. I'm a part of this digital art thing. It's a very similar to real art <laughs> in that a lot of it's speculation. A lot of it is, uh, what somebody just thinks it's worth. Um, and it's, it's digital trading cards. You know, that's, that's all it is at the moment. And so the point at the moment is not much, but we will talk about what it can be in the future later on. Is every NFT unique? Yes and no. Most of them are like individual works of art, but there's actually nothing saying that the original artist can't sell multiple rights of a single piece of artwork. And so it's very possible that you've bought an NFT thinking that it's all yours. Mm -hmm. And then that, well, it's like, no, this is like one of 100 mm -hmm. rights, <laughs> which really diminishes it a bit because it's all digital rights anyway. And if anybody could come and, you know, copy and paste this, like the one thing that I had is that I own the rights, but now I'm really, it's almost just like I'm paying a subscription service along with 99 other people to technically own this when I could have used it for free. Mm -hmm. You know, it kind of diminishes the thing, but, uh, most of them I think are usually one, you know, one for one of one situations so that they are unique. So I want to preface this question by saying that you put these together for me. I, I am not actually asking this. I did. I'm being forced <laughs> to say, can I steal NFTs? Like where I actually own it? Can I hack it? Mo. <laughs> Such devious questions here. <laughs> I can't believe you even asked this. I mean. Um, so it is theoretically possible, but 
very, very difficult to to hack the blockchain and change the ownership. And that, that's one of the draws of it and one of the driving factors of how things are going to be in the future, again, is that the blockchain is, is pretty pretty comfortably safe uh, in that keeping these records steady and accurate, uh, at least as it stands right now, pretty secure compared to any other thing that's digital. So I would say 99.9% of the time, no, you wouldn't really be able to steal the rights online. Okay. So then that leads us to what is the blockchain? So let me try and explain it in as simple terms as I can, because even I don't fully understand it when we explain it in a very deep way. But a blockchain is essentially several blocks of data that's set up in a way that each block also contains the information of the block before it. Therefore, if a block is altered, moved, hacked, or anything, it will immediately be noticeable because it will no longer contain the right information from the previous one. And so it is set up in a way that if anybody tries to uh, screw with it, like alert bells go off and things can get fixed pretty much immediately. The one, you know how Wikipedia works? <laughs> yeah, people just submit their things. People can change it and edit yeah. it, and it's set up in a way where everybody is, uh, everybody's an editor. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. And the way that we can still trust Wikipedia most of the time is that we know if something incorrect is put in on a page, there's going to be 50,000 people out there who see it and go like, oh, no, that's not right. Let's fix it. And so for the most part, Wikipedia is pretty accurate. And in the same way, there are, for lack of a better term, moderators of these blockchains that are constantly checking and making sure that every block matches the block before it with that digital data set. And if something is wrong, then it's corrected. And so that relies on the fact that we have people who are doing this. The only threat comes in, and the same thing happens with Wikipedia, is when we have a flood of people who are all actively trying to do the same thing and break something. So with Wikipedia, Sometimes this happens with like political people or something. We'll have thousands of bad actors come in and attack a Wikipedia page and change a piece of information on it and keep changing it every time it's corrected so it continues to say the wrong thing. If you can get 51% of people to like agree and work uh, of the moderators of the blockchain to agree and work against the blockchain, that's when hacking and stuff can happen. And that is theoretically possible with, mm -hmm. you know, the digital threats and stuff out there. But 
extremely difficult to pull off. And so the blockchain has with it that kind of security that's pretty much heavier than most other digital security. Not 100% foolproof, but as close to it as we've gotten so far. And so that's essentially the blockchain. Somebody here in chat, uh, Tad Hall says it's essentially like digital DNA. Our cells have DNA, and to verify that one of our cells is ours, it has a piece of our DNA in the cell. Mm-hmm. Which is a very good... It is. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Check sums and verify the data in the original piece. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Correct. Uh, so, in a nutshell, them's the basics. <laughs> uh, Toffee, thanks for that subscription. 17 months. Good morning. Uh, <laughs> so next time we're going to talk about how NFTs are mostly stupid and pointless and how they hurt the environment and how a lot of them are scams. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. This week we are talking about NFTs. Uh, we've covered exactly what they are and went over some examples. And this time we're going to go through several of the issues with NFTs. So currently kind of, kind of like how, We've explained it previously. You're buying the idea of something, you're buying the rights of something, but you're not buying the actual thing when you buy like an NFT piece of digital art or something. It's similar to buying the deed to the house, but not buying the house. Like, so I, I can own your house, but I can't live in the house. That house was built by this guy, and this guy gets to own it forever because he's the creator of the house. I just have the rights to the house. You know what I mean? You understand? You get it? Author still owns the copyright. So everybody can still use it, speculation, all that. So speculation is uh, (laughs) where something is sold, and then it gets sold for a higher price, and so that becomes the worth. And then it's sold for a higher price, and that becomes the worth. And then it's sold for a higher price, and now that's the worth. And it just keeps getting resold and resold at higher and higher prices. And the issue that happens with a lot of these NFTs is the same thing that's going on in the comic book industry and the classic video game industry right now, where you have a lot of companies and corporations or even just some groups of individuals who are agreeing to pull the scam off, where they are selling, quote unquote, a comic book back and forth to each other at a higher and higher price that they may not actually ever really be paying just to get the listed price Mm -hmm. higher. So a comic book that you could have bought for, you know, a couple thousand dollars one year after they've gotten hold of it, well, suddenly it's worth four million dollars. That's inflation of speculation. Mm -hmm. And there's quite a few companies right now that are in hot water because they've been caught doing this between like the CEO and CEO of the company. Like, I'm just going to sell this back and forth between you and me over the next five years. And now suddenly we can list this on our website as $4.4 million when we bought it for a thousand. Interesting. And so that same kind of thing is happening with NFTs, which I'm sure you could probably put together now that we went through all those lists of prices with the Discord discussion Mm -hmm. of some of them being just astronomically high for a digital piece of artwork that's not even that good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Um, 
They're essentially beanie babies without the cuddliness. It is like, were you, we've talked about it before, but I don't remember. Have you, were you ever into beanie babies when you were a kid or a teenager? Yes, but no. Yeah. I was into them because they were a stuffed animal. I was not into them because they were a collectible item. How, were, did you collect them at all? No. So I mean, I even tore the tag off. <laughs> so. <laughs> We Who bought, the heck wants we, a stuffed animal with a tag on it? We bought little plastic tag protectors. Yes, no, we are a different kind of people. <laughs> so my mom and I, we, we, we collected them, but not in a way to save money or anything. Or, I mean, make money, rather. Um, yeah, because you weren't saving money if you were not. No, no. But yeah, that was a, that was, there was no real value to these. Ever. But they made them valuable by purposefully making some of them hard to find, making some of them in very limited quantities, Mm -hmm. just to give the impression that this was worth more. And technically, it made it worth more just because there were only a few there, but there was nothing stopping them from making more. They made the choice to make them less. Like with comic books, comic books don't get reprinted 10 years later and have that same value because they had their initial run. There were, you know, 3,000 of them or whatever printed way back when. Most of them got sold. Most of them got destroyed. We have like 10 known copies left. Those are valuable Mm -hmm. because there's only 10 left and they're from a specific time and they were a big deal back then and you can't get a new one now. Beanie Babies... I remember there was a couple that they did a second run on and there was nothing saying that they were different at all, but for some reason the first run was worth a little bit more than the second run, even though they were identical. Why? (laughs) (laughs) Because they said. I bought, and Funko Pop had this problem too with just a couple. I paid... 40 bucks for a reverse flash Funko Pop that they only sold at the Dallas Comic Con one year. Mm-hmm. Fast forward like six years, they released the exact same Funko Pop. Not a single difference. Exact same Funko Pop in stores normally for the 12 bucks that they cost. Yeah, but you bought it for 40 Right. <laughs> At the Comic-Con. I actually had to pay somebody to do it. So it was $40 See? plus the 20 extra dollars so you bought the I paid that guy. plus the story. Right. But, <laughs> but there's nothing different about it. And so in the end, I feel like an idiot. And who's a bigger idiot, I think, in my mind, is the guy that bought my original one <laughs> for, for $80. <laughs> That I then used to buy the newly printed cheap one that was exactly the same and looked exactly the same on my shelf. And then several other Funko Bops with his money. (laughs) I just don't. I just don't understand the the way we get to the point where we think these are super valuable when there's nothing really of value behind them. It's just us wanting them that makes it valuable. 
Beanie Babies, of course, busted pretty famously to the point where they are the comparison to everything that's a trend like this. They busted very famously when everyone's like, you know what? These aren't valuable. <laughs> and suddenly they weren't. <laughs> Uh, now, our Discord bud, uh, Mist, shared with us struggles with the environment, uh, the environmental issues with NFTs. So I actually have an article here. I don't fully understand everything, so I'm going to try and read this article and explain the situation. So again, we talked about how non-fungible tokens use blockchains uh, to help certify ownership of assets. NFTs hold specific information that make work a bit make them work a bit differently from cryptocurrencies. Most importantly, you can't replace an NFT with a similar NFT because they're non-fungible. Any Bitcoin is worth the same as any other Bitcoin, so it's not an NFT. So we talked about that too. Most NFTs use the Ethereum blockchain to transfer ownership. When someone buys an NFT on the Ethereum blockchain, they send uh, Ether which is the cryptocurrency, to the current owner or the marketplace supporting the transaction. And in return, they receive the NFT in their little digital wallet. Part of that payment includes the gas fees or service charges associated with the transfer. And those fees go to the owners of the network of computers used to confirm the transactions on the blockchain. So if you own an NFT, it's like owning the rights to a collectible or a piece of art. It's practically impossible to stop anyone from making a digital copy of a publicly displayed JPEG or video file. Owning the rights, however, is more like owning the original painting by the artist, while the copies are more like owning a cheap poster print, even though you're not technically owning the original copy. <laughs> the original is valuable. The print is practically worthless, but only because we're making them valuable and worthless. So the environmental challenge for NFTs is one uh, that the entire crypto industry suffers from. So as we mentioned, majority of NFTs use the Ethereum blockchain, which uses a proof of work system to confirm each new block. So that means all of the computers on the networks, which are known as miners, like, like mining, mm -hmm. race to solve a complex problem. The first computer on the network to solve it receives the right to confirm the block and collects the gas fees associated with each transaction in the block, as well as a reward. It's like Monopoly, where you own Boardwalk. <laughs> as the price of Ether climbs and gas fees increase, the value of solving that problem in the proof-of-work system also increases. So as a result, miners are incentivized to invest in more computer power which draws an increasing amount of energy from the power grid. So did you ever hear like with the, the beginning of Bitcoin that you would mine for Bitcoin? Like you could earn Bitcoin by mining. No. So they talked about this in like the Big Bang Theory, I remember, where they had remembered like that was when Bitcoin like hit that, that big jump in like its value mm -hmm. and like one Bitcoin was worth like a million dollars or something for a very short period of time. Mm -hmm. And so the story was, Hey, didn't we mine some Bitcoin a few years ago? And essentially it's just letting your computer do a whole bunch of work. Now that is where the uh, environmental impact comes in. Mm -hmm. That energy comes from sources that emit greenhouse gases or otherwise harmful to the environment without anything to offset it. And it, of course, negatively affects the environment. 
but determining how NFTs specifically infect the, the environment is a bit tougher to figure out. NFTs represent a small portion of transactions on the Ethereum blockchain. It's unclear whether they're, they've meaningfully moved the needle in terms of the amount of computer power that the miners are having to add to the network. Um, although it's likely NFTs have a non-zero impact, as they have some sort of impact, it might not be as big of an impact as the broader adoption of cryptocurrencies has been in general. Um, but it's worth talking about and worth figuring out. And so there are some ways that NFTs are trying to become a little more environmentally friendly. First, uh, there's a move within the crypto space to use more renewable sources of energy for mining. Uh, but that poses its own problems of continued pressure on the electric grid and how renewable energy could be used for more appropriate things like keeping people's lights on and heat and stuff like that. Other options involve changes with the underlying technology for UFT, uh, NFTs. Using a, a blockchain that relies on more energy-efficient proof-of-stake system can cut consumption and greenhouse gases uh, emissions, but all of this would require a lot of cooperation in changing how things are done. And I think we've seen with just general, like global warming or climate change initiatives, we can't all get on the same page and we can't all agree to what we're gonna do. And even if America gets to a point where we're doing this, other countries aren't gonna agree. China is never gonna do what we've done to help the environment. Uh, and they've, pretty much blatantly said this many times, mm -hmm. we're not going to be able to get everybody on the same page. And that's the kind of overall problem with environmental issues, uh, no matter what they are. Um, let's see. The issue with NFTs is that, and we'll talk about this with the next segment, is that they're not going to go away. And in fact, we're probably going to be using this more and more. So we're going to be using more and more computer power. We're going to be causing more and more strain on the power grid, needing more and more electricity, which, of course, most of our electricity actually still comes from fossil fuels one way or another. And there's just... As we're moving towards a more digital-focused society it's going to come with its own environmental impact that we're going to need to atone for. <laughs> we're going to need to figure out, uh, which America at least is not terrible at. We, we do have, we have made some strides and some changes and we are on the, the front ends of changing some things, electric vehicles being one of them. The issue with that currently is still all of our electricity that we get still comes from fossil fuels. So even buying a, uh, an electric car right now and not using gas still doesn't have that big of a change on the Im uh, impact in the environment yet, but it's worth, uh, it's worth a discussion. It's worth not just ignoring before the problem gets too big. So that's the basics. Okay. That's the basics. Um, another issue with NFTs, which I'll try and be quick on, is uh, rug pulls. So this would be the scam side of things. Now, as I told you before, a lot of these NFT artworks are just like one design. Mm-hmm. 
that they repeat a thousand different ways. Mm-hmm. Color changes, facial expression changes, different hats, different shirts, these kind of things. There are a huge number of what we call rug pulls happening right now. And that is where somebody gets in the cryptocurrency uh, world, you know, joins this, the Reddits and joins the discords and, you know, becomes popular and then says, Hey, I'm working on a new NFT right now. And what they've done is they've hired somebody from Fiverr or some artist friend that they know to quickly come up with a hundred to a thousand of these kind of things based on some animal, or they might be a slight rip off of, of another NFT. Or in one case, there was the funky ape yacht club which simply took all the bored ape yacht club images and then flipped them to where they're facing the other direction. <laughs> and because they've built up their credibility in the community just by being in it and talking and, you know, all this being friends with these people, mm-hmm. they get all these people to jump in on the ground floor and buy them for hundreds of dollars, thousands of dollars, get the big ones, get the expensive ones. We're the first ones to buy it and we can resell them. And they've made the people that, uh, that started this make a quick $3 million and then they pull the rug out. They disappear. They're gone. They're off Ethereum. They don't exist anymore. And everything that was just bought is worthless. And they made off with $3 million. This is happening a lot because there's, there's pretty much no way to tell if this is a legitimate, um, like artist and legitimate set of NFTs, or if it is a fake or copied or literally, it could be a legitimate set of artwork, but again, only produced for a quick sell and run. So that's the danger. And so if you're going to get into NFTs, you have to stick with ones that have been around for a while to feel safe. But that also means you're not taking risks to get on the ground floor of new ones that might eventually really be worth a lot of money. Okay. It's dangerous. Mm-hmm. You want to make a set of NFT moves? Mm. NFTs? No. <laughs> Different faces of Mo. Mm-mm. I could just pull a bunch of different faces that you've made from our Twitch streams <laughs> and sell them each. We can make a ton of money. Currently, I'm giving you the unenthused Mo. <laughs> I am not here. Give me about five more minutes and I'll give you the sleeping Mo. Oh, well, now that I'm done telling you about why NFTs are the worst, next up, we're going to tell you why they are the future of most things. So this week we were talking about NFTs, and last time I listed all the reasons NFTs uh, suck, but, (laughs) but the hope is that they won't always. So this time we're going to be talking about how NFTs might be the future of everything. Uh, So I'm getting a lot of this uh, information from an article called The Future of NFTs by Max Petrusenko. Okay. Uh, (laughs) So NFTs could be the future of literally everything. Uh, But there are two sides of that story. So let's see that the tech of NFTs and what their true purpose is going to be, such as passports, 
licenses, credit cards, medical records, real estate, gaming, all of that. Um, so a lot of that is called soul bound NFTs. So like a driver's license, you can, like we said with the blockchain is that these blockchains are set up to where it can pretty much validate that everything is accurate and true. It's not fake. It's not a phony. You are who you say you are. So no one's stolen your ID. No one's stolen your identity because we can prove that this information is accurate based on the previous block in the chain carries a piece of the truth with it as far as it goes. And so with driver's licenses, diplomas, certificates, any kind of proof of anything about your identity, NFTs can be the cure to identity theft. That's worthwhile. Sure. <laughs> It makes my head hurt. I understand. <laughs> uh, brands can use NFTs to incentivize in real life transactions, uh, leveraging creators to drive traffic to storefronts. Um, the example we give here is like Yeezys can have an NFT that airdrops with it purchases from uh stores that nft can unlock an exclusive feature or exclusive sale uh or you can it can essentially be a way to get something special that is digitally collected connected to you so you don't have to like do things in person um like a special feature on a on a car like you have a car you want to unlock a special feature you can purchase an nft for that That'll unlock it. It'll be connected to you forever. Mm -hmm. You can buy a new car of the same brand. You still have that feature unlocked on the new car because you've purchased this ability. And it'll always okay. be tied to you. Um, rewards. Brands can drop unique uh, quests within communities, rewarding completion with NFTs. And this could be anything from completing a questionnaire to referring members into the community to attending events and you get some sort of digital prize because of it. Um, you can have real estate. Now that's another like scam issue that's been coming up in the recent years where there's a way for people to actually like steal ownership of the deed to your house. Like it's a, it's a complex identity theft kind of scam, but it is happening. Hmm. And it's very difficult right now to reverse it because there's no, there's not a lot of like laws in place to figure out how to, to reverse it. Mm -hmm. Like it's kind of a, well, it says they own it. Right. What do we do about that? Um, so real estate, proof of ownership, royalties, all of that could be good use cases for NFTs because again, the blockchain mm -hmm. technology proves it's yours. It's very difficult to break that. Um, content submission, users who submit content like short form videos, reviews, tutorials, uh, in exchange for NFTs, it's marketing flywheel, uh, rights can be programmed into contracts so that the use of the, uh, contributors content in advertising could yield future profits. So like we talked about like stealing images on the internet is a common thing. Mm -hmm. If you're able to 
tie your content to an NFT, uh, the future could possibly hold that when it's used, it'll be visible. And so like, you'll know if your, your image is being used somewhere else and you will make money off of it. Even if that image was taken, like stolen or, you know, used without permission. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, you'll still have royalties coming in at any given point and it'll be tied to you instead of someone else taking it. Okay. Protecting artwork. Sure. Uh, <laughs> there's like lending and, uh, borrowing against assets and stuff like that. Um, splitting up your assets, all of this. It basically just solidifies all these kind of transactions into things that can be almost, uh, Fraud proof, scam proof. Uh, R&D, brands and creators can exchange NFTs for insights on product development, uh, pain points, marketing claims, roadmaps. Uh, the NFT can unlock early access to product releases and potential profit sharing. Brands can track and maintain key relationships through these NFTs. Uh, and then education and customer support. Upon demonstrating exceptional knowledge of a brand's product, users can receive NFTs in exchange for onboarding newbies into the community, providing support. Uh, this can be ex exponentially more impactful than a brand employee doing the same. So essentially, like, if you want to kind of be an ambassador for a brand that you really like. We talked about Dome Doc. You yeah. know, <laughs> I want to be a, an ambassador for Dome Doc and tell people about it and bring people on. I can be rewarded with NFTs in exchange for that as a semi-form of payment, even okay. though I'm not an employee mm -hmm. kind of thing. Um, but then there are some other NFT problems. Um, one, the whole NFT thing could collapse mm -hmm. before we get to that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bubble could burst and we never get there. Um, two, using NFTs to like prove copyright ownership isn't necessarily something that we need. Like DMCA already does pretty good at, at getting like audio and video copyrights taken down from most places. Like that's already kind of happening and it's already working pretty well. Mm -hmm. It's not working so much with just static images, but at the same time, most of the time those things aren't really going to be making you more money anyway. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people are taking the safe route, especially businesses taking the safe route of just purchasing like a subscription to an image website where they can just use everything or even like Canva. Canva has a bunch of free photos you can use. And then if you have a monthly subscription with them, you have just a backlog of thousands and thousands and thousands of photos to use. It's getting more and more common that photo subscription is just like streaming in that you pay one price, you get everything mm -hmm. instead of buying a right to a specific image. That's becoming less common already. So that kind of stuff might not necessarily need to exist. And pretty much half of the things that I listed in the future is rewards, rewards based, mm. getting an FT as a thank you or a different form of payment. And 
while cool, not necessary. Mm. Other ways to do that, other ways to reward someone. So the only real solid draw is that kind of security with your personal information. And that doesn't necessarily need to uh, exactly be the NFT and exactly be the blockchain, but something similar to the blockchain is going to be the future of this kind of digital security. Hmm. Because it is, again, currently at least the, the strongest kind of cybersecurity that we have in that it would take a huge coordinated effort to alter it, hmm. divert it, and steal information, stuff like that. Um, so with all of that, we're left in a situation of knowing what we have now and how that seems to already be going downhill in popularity. So like I said, this was NFTs really kind of rose to popularity during COVID times. And I think some of that was just flooded by the fact that we were all stuck at home more mm -hmm. and we were all on the computer more and we were all doing a lot more things digitally. And now that that is starting to drift and starting to go by the wayside, people are getting a little bit less and less enthused about things that are solely digital. Mm. Like think about the metaverse. We talked about the metaverse thing mm -hmm. um, several months ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, really at the tail end of COVID as things were coming out and we were getting back to normal. Yeah. I've not thought about it <laughs> since. I've not desired to do it since. I thought it's really cool and it probably will be. But like once the world got back going and we're doing things in real life again, once I'm going to the movie theater again, instead of having to stream everything, like, Mm -hmm. well, you know what? I want something. A little, I want something tangible. Right. I don't want non-fungible. I want tangible. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so that the desire for reality uh, coming out of COVID might actually work against NFTs or the metaverse. Um, Mark Zuckerberg tweeted a, a picture of his metaverse character and just this terrible looking Eiffel Tower behind him with just like there's it looks it it looks worse than Nintendo 64 graphics you know <laughs> and he got reamed for this online all over the place like this is the state of the metaverse right now <laughs> <laughs> and like I think everybody's feeling that he's yeah. like like when we were at home we were desperate for anything that made us feel like we were a little bit out in the world when we were all stuck with COVID. Mm -hmm. And now that we've all finally decided we're done, we're done with the COVID stuff. I don't care if it's still out there. We're done. Mm -hmm. That's going away. Yeah. And so I, I, I do have fears that what could be good with NFTs, what could be good with the blockchain technology might go by the wayside just because we want this tangible feeling. Yeah. Whether or not it's more secure <laughs> doesn't really matter to us now. Um, so I don't know. I don't know where I don't know where that leaves us with the NFT thing. By the time this comes out, it might already be over. Who knows? Fingers crossed. We're definitely left. Mo's <laughs> Mo's done with it. She was done with it in the first segment. Like I, this is this is too much. I don't care. <laughs> Honestly, 
I have, I did so much research and read so many articles for this. And if someone came up to me after the show and said, Hey, explain NFTs to me in five minutes or less. No, nope. <laughs> can't do it. Sorry for you. It's, it's, it's deep technology <laughs> and it takes a lot like almost every article that's like explain NFTs to me. It's always a, it's always a, uh, object lesson mm-hmm. to try and do it. Yeah. It's like, well, you know how when you're in Fortnite and you buy a skin for your character, imagine like that's the only skin out there. Like you bought that and now it's yours and no one else can buy it. That's an NFT. I'm like, okay. What? <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's a, it's a one of one Pokemon card. Oh, I, I don't know what you mean by that and why I should care. Yeah. Like I, <laughs> I get the idea and I get that there are a lot of people that are excited about it. I also get that things that are overly complicated that you can't explain in five minutes, the majority of society doesn't want to get on board. Mm-hmm. Just like Mo. Mo is representing the majority of society this week. <laughs> I don't want to get on board with this. You know, I'm also going to like just throw in really quick the whole hype of it being a one of one thing. While it sounds great, this is the only one out there and it's mine. Yeah. History has proved that being unique really isn't all it's cracked up to be. Like, truthfully, think about it. Mm hmm. Anytime that you buy something or you make something or you create something and it is unique, it is yours, you're left with thousands of critics who are going to sit back and be like, yeah, that's garbage. Yeah, that that's not cool. That's not. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And so at that point, it's all individually opinion based. Mm-hmm. You may think that it's amazing while everybody else thinks it's crap (laughs) and now where's the value in it there isn't any or on the flip side of that if it is popular and everybody's doing it then it's not really all that individualistic it's Mm -hmm. like every kid in our high school who is wearing a shirt like that's like i mean you know i don't follow the crowd Mm -hmm. kind of message you just became the crowd i just saw eight t-shirts that said the exact same thing you are all the crowd now (laughs) And you're what? What? Huh? Mm-hmm. So. Uh, so yeah. thank you for coming to my TED Talk this week on all things uh, NFT. I hope I didn't bore you too much. Uh, but hey, I know a lot of you just wanted to know and wanted to go through a class on them. And now we've done it. Mm-hmm. Ted Hall says, I was a nonconformist in high school. It would drive my stepdad nuts. I never, like, you know... <sighs> A lot of people went through a rebellious phase against their parents or whatever, and that's when a lot of us got into, like, the weird goth or skater-type period that many of us go through. That wasn't my drive. Like, it was my mom that took me to Hot Topic that first time and bought me those giant jeans and things. Like, I'm just like, this is what a lot of my friends are wearing, so I'm going to wear them too. Like, okay, it's weird, but whatever. (laughs) Like, it was never a rebellious thing with me, and so I don't feel like I really got on the same level as most people. 
you know, I didn't understand. Like it wasn't like nobody understands me uh-huh. kind of thing. Yeah, it was. No, these look cool. <laughs> I'm like, gonna wear them. Yeah. Like I look so dope cutting holes in my long sleeve shirt so I can put my thumb through them. Yeah. <laughs> Who knew? Who knew that every athletic line of clothes would create shirts that have the holes in them. Because we, we found out. We came up with that. <laughs> we found out that that, that was pretty clever because it kept our sleeves down. And if you're running, it'll keep your sleeves down. So you don't have to sit there and fiddle with your clothes while you're running. Where's the NFT for right. that? Right. <laughs> we all own a piece of that. We own a piece of history. We wrap up all of our shows with memory verses. Mo, what have you got for us? The memory verse for Monday, August 29th, is Ephesians 6 Four, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. The memory verse for Tuesday, August 30th, is 2 Corinthians 9, 10. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. The memory verse for Wednesday, August 31st is Proverbs eleven eighteen. The wicked earns deceptive wages, but one who sows righteousness gets a sure reward. And the memory verse for Thursday, September 1st is Psalm 37, five through six. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and he will act. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. That's going to do it for the Back Row Morning Show this week. You just heard episodes uh, 501 through 504. We air our daily morning shows exclusively on LTN Radio, ltnonair.com, every Monday through Thursday at 8 a.m. Eastern with an encore at 10 a.m. But if you miss a day or just can't catch the show live, you can find the weekly podcast every Thursday uh, afternoon by searching the Back Row Morning Show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all the podcast apps. Uh, we'll also love a good review and five stars. Do it, and you're cool. Check out lovethynerd.com. It is positively jam-packed with articles, podcasts, and videos that cover a wide range of nerdy topics. And just like any ministry, we are largely supported by those willing to partner with us financially. I'm actively working to make LTN my full-time job, but in order to do that, I need people who will join my partner team. I have a handful of awesome folks already who help support me and my family in this ministry, and I'm extremely grateful and honored. And if you would like to join these amazing people, visit lovethynerd.com slash radiomat and reach out to me directly if you'd like. Love Thy Nerd is a qualifying 501c3 nonprofit organization and your gift is tax deductible. Make sure you're following us on all the socials at the Back Row LTN. And if you really want to get into the show, even literally join us at backrowdiscord.com and watch along when we record on twitch.tv slash LTN on air. Once again, I'm Radio Matt. And I'm Mo. And if nobody else tells you, we promise it's true. Jesus loves you, nerd. The Back Row Morning Show is proudly a part of the Love Thy Nerd Podcast Network. The show is hosted and produced by Matt Coker and Megan Oaks. The show is edited by Matt Coker. Discord buds participate in the show through backrowdiscord.com. For more episodes, visit lovethynerd.com slash backrow.